Good day, bikers. Jimmy here, reminding you to stay tuned at the end of the show for a promo from our good friends at Dungeons Deep RPG. The gang are currently embroiled in a kids on bikes adventure, so naturally we love it, and we're sure you will too. Also, be sure to check out their other campaign and my personal all-time favourite campaign, Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu: The Horror on the Orient Express. This episode is the penultimate in our arc, and as events get more disturbing for Dee and Sally, we thought it best to mention that things occasionally get a little violent. At around the 50 minute mark, Sally is witness to an act of domestic abuse, and we at Bob Towers are aware that some of our listeners may find this distressing. Domestic abuse in all of its forms is abhorrent. If you or someone you know is a victim of physical or emotional abuse, then we urge you to seek help, and we'll leave some useful links in our show notes for where you might be able to reach out. We'll be showing our support by matching our Patreon contributions for this month and donating to Gallup, a British charity dedicated to ending violence, domestic and otherwise, towards the LGBTQ community. But for now, let's get on with the show. Episode 19 of Brits on Bikes. I'm Jimmy Sprinkles, your friendly neighbourhood GM, and with me tonight is Kat. Hi! Yes, it's just the two of us tonight for part two of our solo adventures. So you heard Dee last week or two weeks ago, and now it's time for Kat's adventures. And I have not heard Dee's adventures, so this will be interesting. So, yeah, I mean, we only recorded last week. You guys, I think, are on like episode 16, 15, 16 at the moment. So Kat honestly doesn't know anything that's gone down. To be fair, I don't know anyway because I don't listen to it because I'm terrible. Yeah. The podcast that is now at 3,000 downloads. I just that is brain. To be fair, I have downloaded it. I just haven't listened to it. It's just, <laughs> it's beautifully catalogued on my so, hard drive. So you're, you're contributing to our downloads. That's, yes. that's all we care about. That's fine. The advertisers will come knocking anytime <laughs> soon. Go Bomber Socks. All right. Okay. So for our listeners... Some of this is going to sound a little bit familiar because I've already been through it once with Eve. So you'll just have to bear with us because we're going to see it from Kat's perspective now. So first things first. We ended the last episode you recorded, Kat, with you finishing at the meeting. Can you care to tell me what that was like? Very anticlimactic. Why is that? Well, because we thought it was going to be the big showdown. Yep. (laughs) But actually, it was just a bunch of people talking in a pub. Yeah, it was. Yeah, not a lot going on. It it was. But don't worry, climaxes will happen. I anticipate this being our penultimate episode. um, I hope so, because... 20 would be a nice auspicious number. Yeah, that's what Dee and I said. um, Or sorry, Eve and I said the other week. All right, so... So the meeting took place and 
It was all rather unnerving. It seems, to quote D, that Victor Wallace is creating his own fascist state in Marshhaven, and he's, he's got the residents heading off up to the marsh on Saturday to participate in a burning of items that are symbolically destroying the core values of community life in Marshhaven. And everybody's riled up, people are joining the community guard, which has taken on a new breath of life. Yeah, and we obviously introduced to some rather familiar, yet somehow unsavoury characters. But yes, you all, you know this already, dear listeners, we don't need to go on about it too much. So I'm just going to give you a bit of a rundown of what happened over the weekend, okay? So first thing to happen to you was when you got home Friday night, your mum was not happy and you have been grounded. Oh no. Yep, you are no longer allowed out. Your mum has told you once again that she believes Dee is a is a bit of a bad influence. Dee is a lot of a bad influence. <laughs> like that's just truth. And she has decided that you are no longer to walk to school and she will drive you there every day. Oh dear. I don't see that lasting. And in fact, on the Monday, when you're driving to school, you actually go past D and you have one of those moments where you just put your hand up to the window and, and just look at him longingly Sad um, as you drive. Yeah, exactly. But let's just roll back to the weekend. Obviously, you're not allowed out. What are you going to do with yourself over the, over the weekend, do you think? Well, it's a shame Eve's not here because I would be I would be attempting to contact D with the magic mirror, but with without an Eve to to fulfil the other half of the let's say I would never get the roles, but on the off chance I did, it's a shame Eve is not here to yeah. And to be fair, your mum has confiscated your bag anyway. God, she's such a yeah. cow. Yeah. I mean, what is there to do in a world? I mean, I guess I'd probably have books. I'd probably read books. Probably read books, clean yeah. your fish that you've been threatening to clean for nearly 20 episodes. <laughs> yeah, I kind of forgot about the fish. I'm sorry, Flash. One of the things, well, I'll tell you what, make a make a grit roll for me. Grit. That, ooh, that's a, that's a 10 on a 10, so I roll again. That's 11. A lot of your time is spent reading and also kind of looking out the window. And one of the things that you notice is is that the community guard are out on patrol regularly and you quite often see groups of people, some of them you know, some of them you don't know, wandering down the street. Creepy. Because your role was so good, you can't help but think... And maybe it's Dee's bad influence that, that, that makes you think this way. But you can't help but think that these patrols seem to linger outside your house. And on more than one occasion, you notice that one or two of the members will look in the direction of your house and up at your window. And when they see you, they quickly look away. Yeah, this is definitely gained some of Dee's paranoia. But despite thinking that, I'm still fearing it. You also spot the community guard have, have been putting up posters around the place as well, and you've seen some of them around. And in fact, on your drive to school, you know that the whole place has been covered in literature for what's being called the purge pageant. 
Okay, that is seriously dodgy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it just gives information about what's occurring on the on the Saturday night. You even get some leaflets through your door as well. There's nothing really detailed on them. A lot of them just seem to be like, well, make a brains roll for me. Brains, brains, brains. Eight. They have small postcards with quotes on them. Things like, a new world is just over the horizon. Our focus should be on our community. Guide us away from the darkness. You recognise these as sound bites from Wallace's speech on Friday. Mm-hmm. Sunday comes along and, as usual, the Sunday edition of the Marsh Haven News arrives on your door. Are you going to read it? Yes, because I am bored out of my mind. At some point during the day, you grab the newspaper and begin to flick through it. It doesn't take very long or any amount of brains rolls to realise that this might as well be called the Victor Wallace edition. Oh dear. As well as a report on the meeting, Frank Perkins has written a piece informing the townsfolk about a curfew being put in place as of Monday. Residents will be expected to be in their homes by 8.30 for the week leading up to the pageant. This will allow the community guard an opportunity to patrol and assess the town and any problem areas. What? Yeah. What? Additionally... Perkins writes that several bylaws have been rushed through that ban gatherings of more than five people without permission. Loiterers will incur on-the-spot fines and bikers, whom the guard really seem to have it in for, will no longer be permitted to drive around in packs. Oh dear. Can you imagine telling Cassie Pinion and Michael <laughs> Fowl that they're not allowed to terrorise the townspeople? I mean, they, did, they didn't even seem... They only did it that once. Like, this is very harsh. Yeah, but, you know, this is what happens is, is the townsfolk need people to blame. Yes, um, they need to point their pitchforks somewhere. Exactly. And now they can scream, think of the children. <laughs> That's pretty much where we are for your weekend. Monday, you arrive at school. What do you want to do when you get to school? So obviously get out of the car, your mum drives off. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm guessing I can't find Dee anywhere because he's probably gone off somewhere naughty. Well, he's not in yet. Okay. I suppose. So are there any of these um, posters about the purge like up around near the school? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I would like to read one. Okay, you glance over a couple of posters. You see the main poster, which you noticed over the weekend, was the one advertising the Purge pageant. And it just gives the details that Victor Wallace suggested on Friday night. So there's the information about bringing an item ready for burning. There's information saying food will be put on and celebrations will take place. Mm. You also spot some of the banners so enlarged versions of the postcards that came through your door some of the banners even have pictures of key figures involved with the guard so you've got mr and mrs neep looking very heroic like with the with the words strong right arm next to them <laughs> oh dear. 
And and one thing that you have noticed as well is that it appears that Wallace has taken the cross reeds emblem of the town as his own logo for the Wallace School of Enlightenment. Well, that is incredibly offensive and I think it counts as cultural appropriation. I think it might be. Very against this. Right. Also, I thought he was just the, the Aquarius Society, so surely it should be fish? No, he was removed from the Aquarius Society because he was the guy that harumphed off when they were talking about the <sighs> UNESCO yes. heritage site for the marsh. Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm with you now. Yes, okay. okay. We must bring the Aquarius group back at some point. I kind of, I've forgotten about them. They, uh, <laughs> they just kind of did their thing and, and disappeared off. Maybe I should track them down. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, be my fight, friend now. Fight hippies with hippies. Well, well, we're fighting fascists with hippies. That's appropriate. Okay, so you've looked at these posters and I'm assuming you're heading into school for registration? I will have to head into school, yes. You get in. Mrs Nocturne is her usual obnoxious, disgusting self. Dee is not in class when you get there. You sit down, Nocturne starts to call the register when eventually Dee comes in. You look up and before they even have a chance to walk through the door, Nocturne turns around and says, Oh, you're here. You're going to see Mr. Cups immediately. Dee looks over at you and you, yeah, you kind of hold your hand up as if to wave and gives you a look as if to say, oh my God, what's going on here? What's happening? And then just walks out of the door. Oh no. You don't actually see them for the rest of the day. Dear. I'm not sure what to do without, without my fearless leader. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to skip forward a day. So we're going to get to Tuesday. You arrive back at school. Is there anything specifically you want to do? Who was that? Kid who was all impressed about the marsh stone thing from way back when. Oh, Colin Parker, the yes. prefect. Yeah. I want I want to go and find him. Okay. You get to class, you register, D isn't there, and at break time you go and find Colin and he's in his usual spot supervising the tuck shop. There's a tuck shop. It's the seventies. All schools have tuck <laughs> shops where they feed crap to sugar hype children. I'm a child of the 90s. I just, I'm sorry, I don't know these things. Missed out on turkey Twizzlers. Oh no, there were turkey Twizzlers. <laughs> I, I refused to eat them because I was too scared to have school dinners. What part of the turkey does a Twizzler come from? That's what I want to know. The mechanically reclaimed part, of course. <laughs> All right, so, yep, you see Colin, he's there polishing his badge. I say, hi, hi, Colin. Oh, hello. Um, Sally, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I was wondering if you had any idea what happened to my friend B. Make a charm roll for me. Oh, this. this is good. <laughs> Yay. Oh, that's a four. And that's a three, so that is eight in total. Yeah, that'll do it. Yay. Um, Colin looks around conspiratorially and he says, um, over here. And he, he gestures to uh, to a side of the hall where there's not a lot of people around. He says, look, I know you're friends with uh, the American and I know that you guys did a great job finding the Marsh Stones. So I'm going to tell you what I've heard. Apparently, just between you and me, apparently Dee and some of the other students are involved in a new curriculum. And 
they're being tutored outside of the normal population. What? Is this for like smart kids or dumb kids? Search me. Because you had a good charm roll, Colin is going to tell you who those other children are. Ooh, should I, I should probably have some kind of writing implement to write don't this worry. down. Nah, don't worry too much, okay? <laughs> so you've got the twins, Morgan and Diane Enfield. They're the school activists. Despite being celebrated for their fundraising abilities, they are constantly getting into trouble with staff for their outspoken views. Oh, right. P particularly when they feel that more marginalised students are being oppressed. They have been particularly high profile since reading The Female Eunuch and championing the cause of feminism. Ooh. Trevor Croft is another one. You know him. Everybody knows Trevor. He's a typical class clown. He's popular with his peers and loathed by anyone over the age of 16. <laughs> Trevor holds the record for most visits to Mr. Cups in one day, which is five. Wow. Number three is Danielle Duguid. Danielle is the niece of the Reverend Duguid and is yeah. regularly forced to participate in whatever community activities the Reverend puts on with her family. As such, Danielle is a big ball of resentment and frustration and has a tendency to lash out at everyone. Despite not having been at the school for very long, she's only in year seven, Danielle has already earned herself the reputation of school rebel. Wow. Next up, Colin tells you that Jeff Swain has also been selected to participate in this new curriculum. Again, you, you haven't used his surfaces personally, but you know he's known as the contraband king. Um, <laughs> if you're in need of sweets of an illegal nature, so like bubblegum, that kind of thing, um, <laughs> he's the guy who'll sort you out. If you need a packet of stink bombs to cut short your science test, he'll be the one to go to. If you need a, a forged note from your mum to excuse him from cross-country, <laughs> Jeff's your man, all right? Right. And finally on the list is Veronique Credule. Oh. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, none of them have been seen since yesterday. Not really sure what, what, what they're learning and where they're learning it, but it's, it, it, it sounds darn exciting. Mr. Cups... And as he says it, you, you realise that he, he's a little bit pompous and he, <laughs> he, he likes knowing the fact that he's got the head's ear a little bit. Not yep. that he probably has, but <laughs> um, yes, Mr. Cups uh, uh, has told me that it's an experimental new curriculum um, being devised by the new Wallace School. I think exciting times are, are in order for us. I can't wait to see what they do with us next year. This is all very strange. I mean... Surely we've got to do O-levels soon. They shouldn't be giving us new curriculums now. Well, don't ask me. That's all I know. But um, you never heard it from me, right? No, no, of course. Well, thanks. I was, I was wondering where you'd been. So, so I did that's... A thing. You did a thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the information that you have. Now I'm very worried for D. Okay, all right. So what would you like to do? I would like to psychically scream the word nettles. Hmm. See if he can hear me. Okay. Um, can you make a... That's got to be a brains roll, really. It has to be a brains roll. Mm -hmm. That's a 10. All right. So you psychically scream out to nettles, <laughs> willing with every fibre of your being a chance to 
to get hold of the little corgi, <laughs> you don't hear anything in your head. Oh. Despite lurking around the front of the school, hoping to hear him pad around the corner, nobody appears. Rubbish. Okay. All right, so we're going to get you through today. Mum's come to pick you up again. She drives you back, escorts you into the house. I will go straight up to my room and sulk. Okay, no problem. So you go up, you get a little bit grumpy. I'm very grumpy. I had one friend in the world and now they've gone. Okay, well, is there anything that you would like to do? I would like to make a list of those names. Of that, the students? Yeah, that are in the thing. And like, yes, I would like to make a list of the names of the kids that have been sequestered. Okay. And do I know where any of them live other than D? I'm afraid not, no. Not, none of them are in your year, so you know them by reputation. You don't yeah. know them personally. Okay. That is a shame. You know what? Desperate times. I want to attempt to break out of my room. You're going to try and break out of your room? Yes, I would like okay. to escape. Okay, so tell me how this escape is going to happen. Okay, I want to... Well, actually, so is what kind of time is it now? Okay, so you got home, you've written your list. Let's say it's 5.30. Okay, I'm going to have a nap. <laughs> okay then, yep, you can have a nap if you want. How long are you going to nap for? Just a few hours so that I won't be too tired when everyone's gone to bed. All right, so you're waiting until everybody's gone to bed. Yes. All right, well, let's say that your parents, um, well, obviously your sister will be in bed reasonably early. And your parents will go to bed around about 10 o'clock. I want to wait until it's like 11. And I want to sneak downstairs. You're going to sneak downstairs. All right. This is going to have to be a flight. Okay. That's the one I'm potentially good at. <laughs> That's an eight. That will get you downstairs. All right. So tell me how, how, how does that look? It's, it's dark. But it's my house, so I know it pretty well. So I kind of I, I softly pad downstairs, keeping an ear out for anyone who might be launching themselves out of their room to tell me off. All right. So you don't hear anybody as you creep downstairs. And like you say, you know, you know the place really well. So you know all those creaky stairboards and things like that. And you know when to avoid them. And you get to the front door. All right. Can you make another fly roll for me, please? That's, can I roll that again? Because I have issues with the random number generator giving me the same thing in the same, twice in a row. If you want. It's going to be like a two now. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, I called it. <laughs> I called it. Okay. I, I trip and fall face first into the front door. <laughs> Not quite. Uh, that would be That would be a... Oh, you critted, didn't you? Because it's a one plus one. Yeah. Okay. In which case, <laughs> there's a bunch of keys hanging up just by the door. You'll need to open the door with a, a Yale-style lock. Right. And as you go to take the keys off the peg that they're hanging on, you fumble and you manage to drop the keys. You instantly stop what you're doing and you can hear movement upstairs what would you like to do 
I would like to abandon all pretense of being quiet and just leave. <laughs> okay. All right, then. Can you make one more flight roll for me then to see if you can pick up the keys and get them? 19. Yep, that will do it. <laughs> okay, so you open the door, you close it again, and you scooch on out. I'm going to grab my bike and pedal away. You're gone from your house. You have absconded. You have broken the rules. <laughs> oh, I have broken the rules in the I most love it. egregious of ways. And now I'm a little bit scared and adrift. Okay, so where are you going? I don't know. I'm going... Oh, can I have, have had my bag with me? Is that allowed? Nope. You didn't no take bag. it with you. Rubbish. Well, I didn't know where it was. Um, okay. Well, now I really don't know what to do. I Oh, I'm going to cycle up to our, uh, the last post. It's a fair old bike. It's about 20 minutes. Yeah, but I'm on the run, so, you know. I'm going to do a quick roll. Okay. Oh, God, I've got to avoid all the bloody... Um... Sorry, and I have to avoid all of the guard people as well. Yeah, you do, because it's there's a curfew. curfew. It's this is so... all very V for Vendetta. <laughs> so you cycle can you make i think this needs to be a grit roll that's a five i'm gonna get put in prison okay so you managed to cycle halfway down gerard way as you get to the junction leading up to franklin avenue a group of four people come around the corner and all of a sudden you hear a voice here what do you think you're doing out there's a curfew you know what do you want to do Run away, run away, run away. Okay. Run away. Um, That's a 16 for flight. I want to flee. You floor it on your bike and you yes. pedal. Can you tell me where you're pedaling to? I'm, I'm still trying to get to the last post. Okay, so you're, you're cycling directly at the guys. Well, there seems to be a kind of grid, so surely I could go past them and up a different road. All right, well, you are approximately here. And the guys have just come around the corner and are here. So where do you want to go? Okay, so they are above the D. Yeah. And I want to go up the road that is just to the right of the Y. Uh, okay, so you want to go up here. So you're going yeah. to backtrack, are you? Yes. Well, the moment they see you, they start to pick up the pace towards you, thinking that you're going to stop. Obviously, you don't. I am uh, not going to and stop. And you fly straight down this road. The moment you get round the corner and out of sight, you suddenly hear the shrill sound of whistles. Uh-oh. Still scared, still running. Okay, where are you cycling to? I can't remember where the bloody junkyard is. I thought it was off. The junkyard is about here. Yeah, okay, that's where I thought it was. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to get there. I have no other ideas. I'm trying to run where I feel is safe. So as you go up to this yet-to-be-named road, and we'll save that for one of our patrons, should they subscribe at the right level? Uh, <laughs> um, yep, yeah, so you're, you're travelling up this unnamed road, and as you get to the top of it, to the junction, or to the crossroad, should I say, um, another group of community guard members comes round the corner, and these seem a little bit out of breath. They've already been running in the direction of the whistle. What do you want to do? I want to keep going. So what, you want to head up along here? Yeah, I'm a scared little kid in the middle of the night and I don't know what I'm doing. All right, so roll flight for me. 
I think I've just fallen off my bike. Did you get four? Yeah. <laughs> I rolled flight as well. Uh-oh. Mine exploded. Oh. And those community guard members got an 18. Oof. There was no way I was beating that. <laughs> as you round the corner, they're just too close. And they've, they've already built up momentum running towards you. And you, in a classic Sally manoeuvre, you dither <laughs> and you just lose your balance and you fall over. They pick you up. <laughs> And one of them says to you, young lady, what on earth do you think you are doing up at this time? Don't you know there's a curfew on? I promptly burst into tears. And do what? Are you going to say anything? No, I'm just going to be too incoherent to speak. I'm just going to cry. Okay, I would like you to make a charm roll for me. (laughs) And you can plus two for crying. Okay, that is eight plus two makes ten. You tell me what happens. I just burst into tears and I'm really, really sad and and like shrinking away from them like they're the most terrifying monsters from my nightmares. And they're starting to look uncomfortable, but like they don't want to let me go, but they don't really know what to do with me because they I'm just I'm just crying and they okay. these are these are these are men and men do not do emotion in this decade and ah yeah there's a lot of awkwardness in this scene um they stop their shouting and the aggression (laughs) um gets toned right down (laughs) but obviously they don't want to let you go so they're Mm. they're kind of saying look listen love we need to get you home you shouldn't be out here at this time where do you live i just shake my head just That's my crying impression. One of them blows his whistle and it's two toots, like some kind of signal. And after a couple of minutes of awkward silence and sobbing, (laughs) two figures arrive on the scene. It's Mr. and Mrs. Neep. Oh, no. Mrs. Neep is, again, in her ridiculous riding gear, holding her crop, clearly enjoying the power that she now wields as Mm. uh, leader of the the community guard. Malcolm is the first to reach you and he says, I know this one. She goes goes to the school. I know your name. You're Sally, aren't you? And Mrs. Neep peers over and she flexes her crop and she places the tip of it under your chin and kind of lifts your head up. Child, what are you doing here at this hour? I don't say anything. Not looking her in the eye. Not not doing anything. Not you know anything. there's a curfew going on. This is absolutely unacceptable. Stum. <laughs> you know, this isn't great podcasting if you Stum. stay quiet. <laughs> well, what... An- what on earth is Sally going to do to try and talk her way out of this it's, with a charm of It's the right thing to do. That's what, <laughs> that's what Sally would do. Exactly. Um, Mrs. Neep looks down at you, splotchy red face reddening further, and she's like, yes, I know you. You're Patricia Richards' daughter, aren't you? I still don't say anything. Never admit anything. She looks at two of the uh, original community guard who are there and she says, right, get her up. We're taking her home. Lame. And they frog march you back to your house. Oh, so much for my uh, midnight adventure.
It could have been so different. It could have. All right, well, you tell me what's, what's going to happen here. How is Sally's mum going to react? She's going to be very terse with the people, kind of like, you know, the, the whole like stiff upper lip, embarrassed, not wanting to admit that she's in any way at fault. Okay. Uh, or, or that this is like not wanting to accept that this is a reflection on her, even though she knows that they will see it as such. But very much a like, this is a matter that will be dealt with behind closed doors. And then once the door is shut, either there'll be an explosion from her or there will be like cold silence and she will basically disown poor little Sally. Okay. Are you going to try and defend yourself? I'm not sure I can. I think it could be justified. Not in a way that Patricia Richards would understand, though. No, I'm sorry. My brain is not... I'm not I'm not in the right brain. I don't have the brain. The brain is not here. That's fine. Mrs. Neep leads you to the house and Mrs. Richards answers the door. She points to a chair in the kitchen. You can hear muffled apologies. And then the door closes and Mrs. Richards comes into the kitchen looming over you. She sits down next to you. Sally, what on earth is going on with you? Nothing. This isn't the kind of behaviour we've ever had from you. What, 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 What made you thought it was a good idea to just run out of the house at stupid o'clock at night and with a curfew going on as well. Yeah, don't you think that curfew is seriously creepy? It's not our place to question. Why not? Because we have been asked to stay in so that the community card can assess the place and make it safer and make it better for all of us. They can't do their job. It's not their job, it's voluntary. These are people, they're, they're on a power trip. It's crazy. And no one seems to see that it's absolute mad. Like, I don't, I just don't get it. And now they've taken anyone who was like a troublemaker at school and they're just, they've just disappeared. Like, how, why is no one doing anything? Don't you see they are? No, they're not. It's this type of behaviour that is going to get us into trouble. Trouble with who, though? With the people who are trying to make this place safe for us. For the people who are trying to bring our community together. For the people who want to see a change. Yeah, a change in which they are like crazy dictators and they can like control everything and everyone else is just like slaves to them and and no one can say anything and no one can think anything and it's just because it's it's their the sally richards that is quite enough from you do you know how ridiculous you sound do you know how ridiculous this, this whole thing is no i don't the only thing i see ridiculous is you don't get think up it's to bed ridiculous that you're not allowed outside of your own house you, at half lady. past eight at night go upstairs we shall talk more in the morning fine I'm God, sorry, I'm enjoying God. that way too much. <laughs> <laughs> and so you should. So you should. Right, okay. I was channeling that teenage anger there. <laughs> okay, so the rest of the night passes without a hitch. Excellent. It's Wednesday morning. Dun dun dun. Oh, I don't want to get out of bed. I want to stay in bed. 
Everything will be fine as long as I can stay in bed. Which is funny because I'm literally in bed right now. In, in reality. It gets to about quarter to eight when you hear your mother's voice. Sally, you need to get downstairs. Why? I mean, do you just have to go to school? Why can't I just not go to school? Uh, but, you know, being far too programmed for obedience, I will still get up and get downstairs. <laughs> okay, all right. Just grumbling about it the whole time. All right, so you get downstairs and your mother's in the kitchen. She's popped a plate of toast where you normally sit. Ooh. And she says, darling, I, I don't know what's gotten into you recently. I'm trying to understand it. I really am, but I, I, I just can't. If you just communicate with me, if you would just... Oh my God, what do you think I was trying to do yesterday? I don't know. What made you think going out at that time of night was a good idea? Someone has to find out what's going on. Nothing's going on, Sally. Clearly something is. Why There's just... I... It's just a change. Look. All right. I've tried the angry mother route and clearly I'm not getting through to you. So let's try something else, shall we? Like what? I'm going to trust you with a bit more responsibility from now on. What? I think it's time that maybe maybe the fault's with me. Maybe I'm just being too protective of you. I'm putting an end to the grounding. If you think you can handle all the world has to throw at you, then so be it. I strongly advise you don't go out past half past eight, but I'm just your mother. You're not going to listen to me, are you? You can cook your own meals from now on. You can clean up after yourself. You can do everything that I have done for you. Then see how ready you are to go marching out into the real world and take it all on yourself. Fine. Oh, I love that Sally's become a stroppy teenager. <laughs> <laughs> it was about time. Yeah, she grabs the keys from the counter and calls, Amelia, it's time for school. Um, Amelia trots in, looking immaculate. Of course. Walks straight out the door. Mrs. Richards turns and she says, don't forget to lock up after yourself and just marches out. Hmm. Interesting. Ooh. What would you like to do? Is the... Uh... The newfound re rebelliousness strong enough to, to skip school completely. I don't think it is. No? Okay, you can, you can go to school if you want. I'm going to go to school. All right, so you head out the door. Um, as you get to the bottom of the garden gate, you hear a familiar voice. Oh, Sally, Sally, I think we need to talk. Something's, something's going on. Oh, okay. Nettles is, is sat there looking up at you. Oh, there you are. Hello. Um, disembodied voice. Oh, there's, there he is. I thought I could find him, but I haven't been able to find him. Who? D. He's gone. He's been taken. Oh God! Oh, I didn't. I, oh, I hope that wasn't what happened. I think I might cry again. Look, we have to. Um, we have to think carefully about this. I think what we have to do is just play along for now. Go to school. I'm going to have another roam around the town. I'm going to see if I can find anything out. Okay. Hey, um, do you, I, I know Dee will kill me for it, but do you, have you seen anything of Miss Thistledown? No, not since, um, Friday. 
What about what about Erin? To be honest, I haven't really looked. Okay. Oh God. This everyone's gone. Oh God. Sally has a little mini breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> so alone. Um. All right. In a semi-catatonic state, walk to school. Okay. No problem. You walk to school. How does your day go? Do you want to do anything in particular? Uh, I think the day is spent sat in swinging between sitting in shock and staring at a blank piece of paper that has rescue plan written at the top of it. (laughs) Amazing. All right, then. Okay, yeah. Your day is tough and you don't really get much done. Your mind is, is elsewhere and pretty soon the bell goes and you're heading off back home. Or are you? Where would you like to go? I want to make my renewed attempt to get to the last post. Okay. Are you walking over there or are you going to grab your bike? I think I would, I would well, make a lot more sense to grab my bike if I have my bike. You head over to Honeywell Gardens, um, back to your house. As you're approaching the front gate, uh, you hear a voice call your name. There's a figure coming towards you. They're wearing a long parka with a hood up, concealing their face. Oh God, it's a flasher. I hope not. That would be gross. Hello? You immediately recognise the voice when it calls you. It's Erin. Ah. Can you make a brains roll for me? Brains. That's a ten. Something's not quite right about her. She looks taller and she pushes her hood back ever so slightly. And you realise that she has the same features as she did when she was in the realm with you. Huh. Um, because that was a good success, you can also see that she is scared. What's going on? I don't know, Sally. I Honestly, I don't know. I was on my way to the Civic Hall this morning when, poof, lost my glamour. Nothing's working, Sally, and I don't know what to do. I can't walk around like this. I mean, why not? She pulls her hood back again and you can see the large feline-like eyes and magenta page boy cut. I mean, she's just a hippie. But yes, hmm. We should get you some sunglasses. I think we've got more pressing things to do than worry about my eyes. Uh, okay, um... What... What... What can I do? Um, probably a dance site more than I could right now. Um, look, there is something that you could do for me. Um, I, um, I have an an object I keep a a reserve of magic in. It it may well be the only magic left in in, in Marsh Haven that I can utilise. Um, if you could get it for me, then maybe I could contact the Queen's. They could provide some insight. I, I, I don't know what else to do, Sally. Everything's falling apart. Oh, God. Um, okay, no pressure. Um, wh- wh- where is it? 
It's, it's a silly thing on, on, on my desk at the Civic Hall. It's a pet rock. You know what pet rocks are because they're like the biggest thing at the moment. So, <laughs> you know, a little rock with googly eyes and a smile that you have to look after. You have a pet rock? Well, I, I needed something inconspicuous. Oh, I love it. Okay, I, what? Next time use a stapler. Like, come on. Okay, yeah, I can get that. That's fine. Um, how? It, your office isn't locked or anything, is it? No, no, it's open. It's um, just be a little bit cautious. There's a few unsavouries hanging around at the moment. Oh, yeah, I know. I got, I, um, I tried to go out last night. It did not go well. What happened? I was trying to get to the last post, and I, I got seen by a group of, a conspicuous group of awful people. And they chased me, and then, and then they caught me, and I fell off my bike, and then they called that crazy bitch, and I hate her. And then she, she made me go home. I guess it could have been worse, but it's just, I, I, I don't like it. What were you doing out in the first place? I don't know where Dee's gone, and... He's been taken away, and I was hoping that if I had, if I could hide out there, then he'd turn up or nettles would, and at the very least, I'd have toes for company because, like, at least someone likes me out there, and I just, I, I can't be alone. Get the stone, and hopefully we can, we can speak to the queens and, and maybe come up with a solution. Okay, okay, Civic Hall, your desk pet rock okay i can do this oh i can do this on the bike pedal away it's well before the curfew so you've got no problem at all you get to the civic hall no worries what do you want to do i want to wander in i mean they probably don't have a bike rack outside but you know leave my bike against the fence yep that's fine you head on in where would you like to go would I know where her office was? Yeah, we go yeah, you've been there. Okay. Then I would go in there, ostensibly looking for Miss Schiller. Are you going to ask somebody or...? No, I'm just going to wander up to her office and that's my excuse if stopped. Okay, um, well, let's see if you get stopped. I hope I don't get stopped. Nope, luck is on your side. Hey! So, you, so you make your way up. You do happen to notice as you trot up the stairs, and it's like it's not uncommon for kids to be around here as well you've got the museum there's various projects and things happening from time to time so it stands to reason that there might be a child visiting a member of staff she's Although helping you, me with the genealogy project there you go you do however notice as you get up the stairs and you see the corridor with a, a small handful of offices leading off there are a couple of members of the community guard just milling about just not really doing anything. The place. Again, they pay you no heed. They don't really have any interest. They watch you. They do watch you and they follow you as you head towards the office. They make no attempt at stopping you from going in. So I'll, I'll, I'll give the polite knock on the door. Miss Schiller, open it. It's an empty office because she's not there. But yep. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look in and be like, okay, fine. I'm going to leave her a note and I will... I will move things on her desks and write a note saying Sally was here. 
then I will take the rock. Tell me what this rock looks like. Well, you said it was a rock with googly eyes and a smiley face. I like to think that she has used some kind of glittery nail varnish to draw a little bow on its head. Okay. And maybe some lipstick. Amazing. Okay. So, yep, you take the rock, you, you pop it in your pocket, and you head out the door. Where would you like to go? I would like, I'll, I'll go down into the museum, just check on the marsh stone, see how it's doing. Okay. You head over to the museum. You try to go through the door. It's locked. That sucks. It's starting to be kind of Closing late time. afternoon, so yeah. things are starting to close down. Rubbish. I'll just peer through the window. Yeah, it's the same as it always is. You can make out the outline of various display cases and whatnot, but you can't really see very much in there. Oh, well. It hasn't been destroyed or vandalised. That's fine. In that case, I will leave. And did Erin arrange a place to meet with this rock or did we just kind of leave? You just kind of left. Mm. I thought as much. I guess I'll just, I'll just stand outside. Loitery. Oh no, I'll get a fine. Okay, I'll grab my bike and I'll start walking it back towards my house, I guess. Okay, so as you're walking away from the Civic Hall you can hear some loud voices and it doesn't take a grit roll to realise that these loud voices are arguing. Oh dear. Can I hear what the loud voices are saying? You can make out a few words. Some of the words are foreign. Is one of the voices female? Yes, it is. It doesn't take you long to realise that in the front entrance way of a now boarded up shop, Veronique Credul and Seamus Cole are arguing animatedly. Veronique goes from broken English into Swiss quite frequently and she says, Yes, it is crazy, crazy. This is not normally Seamus. You should not allow me to do such things. And you can see Seamus, at first he's trying to placate her. Again, his appearance is different from the, the Seamus you knew back at the um, evacuation. He's got more of that Victor Wallace hippie look about him rather than the counterculture character that you knew him to be. You know, brainwashed. His weasley, ratty little face now holds a pair of spectacles on, on a very pointy and angular nose. He's got a slight bit of facial hair and he just looks like a weasel. Um, and he's, <laughs> I really thought you were going to so he just looks like a wanker. Yeah, well, he is a wanker. <laughs> Seamus Cole is a wanker. But right at this moment, he's like, whoa, 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 calm down. It's not like, you know, this is for your own good, don't you understand? And you see that he's trying to calm Veronique down. Veronique mm. is just getting angrier and angrier. And you see Seamus turn and at which point he grabs her by the throat and he pushes her up against the door of the shop and you can hear him loud and clear and he's like now listen here you swiss bitch this is for your own good you've got to understand wallace has got your best interests at heart and she spits in his face and he slaps her oh my god i desperately want to approach and ask her if she knows what's happened to d because she was also in the special ed class but also that guy's terrifying Okay, what are you going to do, Sally? I'm going to dither. What else am I going to do? Um, yeah, I don't know. Am I walking towards them or away from them? You're walking towards them at the moment. Okay, I guess I'm going to keep walking towards them and try very hard not to stare and really hope that 
an opportunity presents itself. So how would Sally do it? You know, she's, I mean, she's not going to go charging in there and decking Seamus. Does he still have her by the throat? He's got his hands on her shoulders. So he's still got her pinned, mm. but he's not, he's not like choking her or anything like that. Is he still yelling at her? Yeah. Okay. I suppose closing my eyes and really, really hoping for nettles to appear is not going to help. There's no one else around. Um, yeah, I'll get on my bike and pedal it wildly directly at him as if I've lost control. Okay, talk me through it then. Do, has he seen me or is he like facing away? Because that kind of is pertinent. He's facing away from you. He's facing the door of the shop. Okay. Yeah, in that case, I will, I will back up a little bit enough that I can get a good run up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get on the bike, start pedaling, and like build up a bit of speed, and then start kind of veering wildly and yell, "Oh God, I'm sorry! Look out!" and then plow straight into him. Okay, so Seamus <laughs> is going to make a flight roll to see if he manages to dodge, and he gets a one. Oh dear! Oh no! <laughs> so narrate this for me. Tell me exactly what happens. Okay. So I'm like veering wildly as if I've lost balance and control and I'm desperately trying to get it back and I yell a warning and he does not heed it in time. So the wheel goes like into his leg and kind of makes his, you know, when you get hit in the back of the knee and you kind yeah. of crumple. Yeah. And then the handlebars get him in the back and it's all just very like, ooh, and then I fall off the bike and get up like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Is everyone all right? Oh my God. Oh, hey. And then I'm like, I recognize you. And and then I don't know what from there. Okay. So you, do you, how do you fall? Um, You know, when, when you know you're falling and you just kind of do that, that like side hop to kind of, so that the bike's like falling on my leg a bit, but I'm still like on my feet. Okay, okay, that's fine. Seamus crumples to the floor and your bike falls on top of him as you hop to one side. Before you even have a chance to say anything, he says, what do you think you're doing, you stupid girl? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, 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 I tried to warn you. Veronique goes rushing to Seamus's aid and, and says, Seamus, are you hurt, my boy? What is wrong? Veronique looks over and stares daggers at you. Stupid girl. Why can't you look where you are going? I did. I, I'm you could sorry. have killed him. I, I mean, I doubt that, but I'm sorry. Matt, what is this crazy town that I'm living in? People throwing themselves at my boyfriend. Oh, stupid, stupid Veronique. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's in an abusive relationship. It's kind of par for the course. Hopefully she'll learn. She'll probably just spend another few years going, oh, but it's what he's like. I mean, you can tell he cares because he just gets so passionate. Ugh. No, he's a... <coughs> he is when a... understand that he's a... <coughs> and you deserve better, Veronique. Absolutely. Right on. I'm going to pick up my bike and be really sheepish and like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean it. I'm really sorry. I'm going to go now. Seamus looks up at you and he says, I don't want to be seeing you anywhere near me ever again. Do you understand? As Seamus is mid-flow berating you for being an idiot, a couple of the community guard come around the corner and they 
notice this to-do going on and they very pompously and importantly saunter over. Uh, one of them says, uh, is there something going on here? I'm so- I lost control of my bike and I hit, I hit Seamus and I'm really sorry. She went into me on purpose. I didn't. I'm I didn't sure of it. She I went into me on purpose. I tried. I, I don't know what her problem is. One of the guards looks at you and says, I know you. You were the girl from last night. This is getting beyond a joke, miss. Everywhere I go, you seem to be causing trouble. I didn't cause trouble. I yelled a warning. Didn't I yell a warning? I think you need to come with us. Now I've been taken. Not quite. One of the guards has picked up your bike. Okay, that was going to be what I was going to go for. It's time for you to come with us, miss. Where? Well, clearly, you can't be trusted on the streets. I think we'd best take you back home. It's, it's not curfew yet. I'm, I'm allowed out. No, I'm sorry. We've had too much trouble from you in the last couple of days. First, we find you at 11 o'clock at night, cycling around all by yourself after curfew. Then we find you running down a prominent member of the local community. I didn't run anyone down. I lost control of my bike. I think maybe maybe you're just going down the wrong path, miss. I think maybe maybe you need to see Mr. Wallace. He'll be able to point you in the right direction. Yeah, I doubt that. I'm going to leave now. They say, no, 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 you're not going anywhere. And one of them goes to grab your arm. Do I try and hit him or do I just run? You decide. Fight or flight? My fight isn't very good, so I'm going to go with flight. (laughs) Okay. Oh, hey, look, I just rolled a a 19. I guess I win now. (laughs) I'm I'm running the other way. Well, you're not riding the oh, way because no. they've still got they've your bike. Talk, they've stolen my bike. Yes, so what are you going to do? I want to run to Dee's house. You're going to head to in the direction of Dee's house? Yes. All right, then. The moment you start running, the whistles come out. Those bloody whistles. Seamus Cole, the two guards are now hot on your heels. Can you make another flight roll for me? Seven. Okay, so you're managing to keep a fair distance away from them, but they're still blowing those whistles. And as you come around the first corner, you see another bunch of community guards and they are heading right towards you. Where would you like to go? I would like to run straight past them across that patch behind Tim's DIY because we've cycled across there before, so we must be a through route. Okay, so you go speeding past them. I'm going to ask you to make a brawn roll on this because you're effectively, you're charging right through them. Seven. You've got enough momentum up that you you knock into them. They don't... It's not so much knocking as it's bursting through. Not like I'm not trying to barrel anyone over. I'm just trying to like be an unstoppable force. Okay, yep, you managed to burst through them, kind of taking them by surprise because they're obviously coming around the corner to find out what the commotion is rather than actually take flight and pursue you. Um, So you burst through and you make your way and you get yourself to the bottom of Arborfield Road. You're looking pretty red-faced and exhausted when out of nowhere you hear a very, very loud noise. What kind of noise? It's the sound of a motorbike. 
I, I'm gonna. I, I want to turn towards it and start waving furiously. The motorbike's coming towards you, and you see straight away that it is Cassie Pinion. She slows down, and she's like, "Sally, Miss Miss, Miss Pinion, can can you help? They're they're trying to kill me." Cassie looks down the road and sees the the, the group chasing after you, and rolls her eyes. Well, come on then. It's been ages since I've had a bit of fun. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'll, I'll get on the bike behind her. Okay. She doesn't go anywhere at all. She just, oh, no. She just revs her engine. She revs, she revs, and they get closer and closer and closer. And as they get about five foot away from you, she flips them the V side, <laughs> tears off down the road. I'm going to ask you to make a flight roll just to make sure you stay on this bike. What is the? What are the odds that I fall off the bike just because you said that now? Oh, that's a seventeen. Yeah, all you would need to do is not get a crit fail. I've had I've had two different crit fail flight rolls so far this session. So, <laughs> but that was a very good roll, so I'm fine. So you go hurtling off and through Marsh Haven. You pass a few other people, but pay them no heed. And within a matter of minutes, you are sailing through the open gates of the Elysium Junkyard. So that's the first time Sally's ever been on a motorbike. And in real life, I've never been on a motorbike. So this is interesting. <laughs> okay, how do you think Sally felt about the motorbike? Um, equal parts, oh my God, I'm going to poop myself. And this is actually kind of fun. Okay, that's cool. So Cassie pulls up outside the railway carriage that they use as their office in the junkyard, and she helps you off and just props the bike up on her on her stand. Been uh, getting yourself into a bit of bother, miss, have we? I'm just trying to find my friend. What? The Yankee? Yeah, something's happened, and they've, like, taken him or something, and no one can find him. Interesting. Well, come on inside. Can you make a brain roll for me? Ten. You notice as you're walking up the steps to the carriage that it seems to be very quiet. There's usually half a dozen bikers or so around the place, but today it seems rather quiet. And as you go in, you realise that there only seems to be four bikers altogether. There's Cassie Pinion, Michael Fowl, Weege and Snotrag. <laughs> oh, I forgot there was one called Snotrag. Yeah, Snotrag glances over at you and gives his customary belly scratch as he gives you a wink and he says, short stuff. I have a nervous wave because these people are still very scary. Weege saunters over to you. My, my, visitors, Cassie, why didn't you tell us? And he gives a little bow and a slight <laughs> flourish of his paisley scarf that he always wears. It's like nervous giggle, not saying anything because scary. Cassie walks past Michael and gives him a pretty aggressive slap round the back of the head. You can see that this is a, a common greeting because he just sort of growls back at her in a very camaraderie sort of way. She walks behind a desk and sits in an old battered swivel chair and puts some booted feet up on the desk. And she looks at you and she says, Well now, what's the shy, quiet one doing being chased around Marsh Haven by all these 
undesirables that are preventing me and my crew from having a good time. The world's gone mad. My dear, the world has always been mad. I guess that's fair. So, what's going down then? They took D. Care to elaborate? Can't do much with they took D. But, but that's all I know. He's, he's the, someone at school said that he, him and anyone else who had any kind of voice has been taken for special lessons. But what that actually means is they're just gone. Except for that Veronique. She was still there, but she was getting like beaten up by her boyfriend. And so I thought, well... Make a grit roll for me. Ooh, that exploded. 16. At the point where you're telling the story of, of Seamus, you can see her lip begins to curl and you can see her visibly tense. This is something that she doesn't like one bit. I am not surprised. Um, and mid-flow, as you're telling your story, Weege suddenly stands up and puts his fingers at the uh, Venetian blinds and peers through them. And he says, hey up, boss. Looks like we've got company. Cassie gestures to him to go and see who it is, and it, he trots off. She looks back at you and steeples her fingers, as if to say, continue. Yeah, so he was being, like, really scary. So I rode my bike into him, and he obviously did not like that. And then everyone went crazy and started chasing me, and I think they want to kill as me. As you're halfway through the, your final bit of your retelling of the story... Weege comes back, and with him is Nettles and Erin. Oh, oh, I have your thing. I have your thing. Oh, I hand her the rock. Cassie looks over at you, and she says, Well, aren't you going to introduce us? This the, this is Erin Schiller. Erin takes the, the stone from you and looks at Cassie and just nods. And she nods a greeting to the other bikers as well. Nettles pops into your head. I found him, Sally. I found D. Where is he? Being held in a house. Anything more than that? It's one of them from the meeting on Friday night. The big guy with the with the mother. So wait, where, so where's the house? It's it's not far from here. It's um just on the outskirts of Honeywell Gardens. Okay. I mean, we need to go get him, but. I'm I'm scared. Cassie looks at you a bit funny. Erin obviously knows what's what. And she looks over at you. And she pulls down her hood. Make a grit roll for me. That was a two. Your mind is so full of this information overload that you don't know what to think right now. And all you can focus on is Erin coming towards you. And she says, listen, Sally, we have to do this properly. I know you... You want to get D back, but we've got to think about this carefully. Just give me some time with this rock. I might be able to do something. Promise? She looks at you and she says, I promise. She looks over at Cassie and she says, Could you possibly help a girl out? I'm in, I'm in need of a mirror. Cassie acquiesces. And just pulls this. Uh, there's an assortment of junk in one corner, <laughs> and there is like there's like an old battered mirror still with a frame on. I was, um, I was thinking, she just hands her a wing mirror from a car. <laughs> yeah, 
We could do that if you want. <laughs> I <Okay>. like that. <laughs> okay, then. All right. That's what we'll do then. She picks up a battered wing mirror. Erin holds it with thumb and forefinger as if to say, okay. <laughs> and she has the stone in one hand and you can see that her eyes ever so faintly begin to glow. And eventually the image of Isadora and Ingumba come into the mirror. Are you looking with Erin in the mirror? Yes. So the two of them are squashed up in this tiny little <laughs> wing mirror and Ingumba silently recognises you and waves. Wave back. Isadora is focused intently on Erin and she says, Erin, where have you been? What's going on over there? There are some things that don't seem to be adding up. We've had no contact from you, and it seems like the town wards are weakening. Have you not been going on your walks? The magic stopped. This is, this is the last. This is my reserves. I've got no means of communicating with you after this. I need help. I need to know what's going on. Something is being planned on Saturday, and I, I don't even know where to begin. Isadora holds up one finger as if to silence her. And you notice that the the image is flickering. Um, oh. It's not a it's not a clear image. This is obviously well. Make a brains roll. Brains seven. Yep. You you would hazard a guess that it's it's draining the store of magic in the stone. Can I pick up nettles and hold him close to it in, a, in an attempt <laughs> to prolong the magic? Put me down, you idiot! I thought it might help. <laughs> no. no, shut up. Ingumba looks at Isadora and then at Erin and says, look, there's not much we can do from over here, but maybe this will help. And you see them begin to weave some strange movements with their hands and they're doing it in unison together. And Erin side mouths to you. That's a, a spell of dark magic detection. And as they begin to finish this complicated series of gestures, a light begins to pour out of the mirror. Make another grit roll for me. Five. You glance over at Cassie, cool as a cucumber. All she does is arch one eyebrow. That's about the most they get out of her. <laughs> um, but yes, this light bursts out of the mirror. And what you see is a series of connecting little points. Lines begin to appear before them and make a brains roll. Eight. Is it making a map? Yeah, it's making a map. You can see that it's, it's making an outline of Marsh Haven. And as you continue to look at it, you can see that it is littered with dozens and dozens of tiny, tiny little blurry black splodges. Ooh. There is, because that was an okay roll, you can also see that there are several larger splodges, which you can assume must be the dark magic that Erin was talking about. These splodges appear actually on the marsh, at the Civic Hall, the farm, Anna Kingsford Comp, and an unknown property somewhere on Honeywell Gardens. Probably the place where D is being held. And as I say, th these are just, these are larger, more denser splodges, but across the whole town are like dozens and dozens of little tiny splodges as well. This is not good. It's probably all of the all of the guards infected. Ingumba says, "Look, there isn't much time. This is this is all we can provide right now. We shall work from here, but I don't know how much help we can be." Sally, Ashira, you must try and stop whatever it is that. And the mirror fades. 
snot rag coughs and says, oh, those were some pretty lights. <laughs> um, I'm more concerned about the darks. Yes. Would you like to hazard a guess as to what they are? At least some of them were the sites at which the the rituals were done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I know that, I mean, obviously the farm and the, the comp and the civic hall had floods. I can't remember where the other rituals were. Well, there's one out in the in the quarry. Make a brains roll for me, please. I'm sorry, I'm bad at the brains. Make it really good. I'm trying. Eleven. That will do it. Yay! You look at all the dots, and your eyes are drawn to the area where your own house is, because you spent so much time looking out the window over the weekend you might hazard a guess that those little dark dots pinpoint where the posters are and the map fades what do you want to do with this information I want to say that there's evil in the posters and suggest that everyone go tear them down as a protest against the douchebaggery in order to sell it to the the motorbike people, and because it might just save the world. So you're you're telling Aaron about these posters, are you? Yes, and like the rumor large, in the hopes that people will join in the fun. Aaron looks thoughtfully. Hmm. It appears things are coming together. I think I know what might be going on here. It's a little-known practice called conscribomancy. It's a very dark art that uses the printed word to manipulate the individual. Brainwashing with posters. That's pretty much it, yes. All the more reason to get rid of the posters. I think that might be a good idea. But if the posters have already been read, then I'm not quite sure how much of an effect it will have on those that have been manipulated. Well, how long does the effect last? Because maybe if we get rid of the posters, they won't be able to build up enough dose to be, like, infected. It's possible, I suppose, but we need to... Make a brains roll for me, Sally. Two! You have absolutely no idea. Cassie coughs in a mock polite sort of way. Um, am I right in thinking that you're in need of uh, a few vandals? Vandals would be lovely, yes. Well, I think uh, I think me and the team could, uh, could tear these posters down. To be quite honest, I personally think they're a blight on the community. So do I. Yeah, let's make this happen. Um, and she looks over at Weege and she says, Weege, get the gang together. Weege salutes and marches off. Erin suddenly um, sits bow upright and snaps her fingers. And she says, We need to get to the source. You mean that Wallace guy? No, he, the, the, the man from the other night. The one who was doing all his printing. Uh, uh, what? Oh, come on, Sally. Now's not the time to lose it. Think. The man from the other night, Dickie Roberts. 
He was the one doing all the printing for Wallace. Oh, oh, and he's the one, he's the one who's got D. Well, then it looks like we best be on our way. Yeah, I don't have my bike. Well, I guess we're walking then. Do you know where Roberts lives? I think so. Well, I mean, there was, I know he lives in Honeywell Gardens and there was that massive black splodge on the map, which I think is where he is. Well, I guess we, we best get over there then. Mm-hmm. just going to flash back now for a couple of hours or so and we're going to go back to D. Hi. D, the first thing that you become aware of is a loud noise, repetitive chugging sound. Can you describe this noise in a better way than chugging? <laughs> Like, like, is it like a mechanical chug? Like a chugga-chugga-chugga? Okay, it is. It's a mechanical sound. You can hear gears grinding and moving. You can hear a thunk, thunk okay. as well. Can you make a grit roll for me, please? I'm good at those. It's a 12. There is something more. You can't place your finger on what it is, but this sound feels unnatural. It resonates a kind of hum and you feel less than yourself. I mean, you're pretty delirious as it is, but you would go as far to say that, that this noise is making it worse. You begin to open your eyes and initially everything is a little bit fuzzy. Wow, what the crap. So the first thing you notice is that your arms are above your head and they are chained. This never a good start. You're sat down on a cold concrete floor and your back is against something hard. You can feel the weight of the chains on your arms and your legs are right out in front of you and they are zip tied at the ankle. Wow, that's, that's super duper. Okay, so classic dungeon setup with a brand new twist. Yeah. Wait, where were zip ties a thing in 1974? Oh, oh, you say that. I researched. Okay. <laughs> I researched zip ties um, because I asked exactly the same question to myself and they were first invented in 1958. Oh, wow. That's way earlier than I thought. You, you learn something new every day. You can ascertain that it feels like you're leaning against hard brick surface. Yeah, it's, yeah classic dungeon setup. Neat! As you look around, you can see the source of this noise. It's a large contraption just chugging and turning and whizzing away. Can you make a brains roll for me, please? Sure can, boss. Three. That'll do it. Oh, neat. You've had experience of these machines before. Not this particular model. It's a printing press and it appears to be chugging out papers. You also notice that on the floor surrounding the machine is an inverted heptagon. Mm. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Um, let's see. Hmm. Is there anything else in this room or is it just... You would hazard a guess that this is a garage. 
Okay. Uncle Tommy has one stuck to the side of his house as well. I'm assuming this isn't the same one. It's not the same one, no. You can see a workbench with assortment of tools on it. And then, coming round from the back of the machine, you see a man in overalls. And you recognise him, even between the fuzzy-headedness and the weakness that you're feeling right now. It's Dickie Roberts, one of Victor Wallace's cronies, the man who, on the Friday night, um, was introduced as the guy who's going to be publishing and printing all of Wallace's literature. He moves very, very slowly and with an awful amount of effort. Every action seems to be causing him to break out into a sweat. But regardless, he continues to smoke. And you can spot in the corner his can of oxygen that he he, he normally has with him. Great, great, good idea. He slowly comes around the front of the printer and he turns and he looks at you and gives you a, a rather sadistic smile as he picks up a pile of papers and moves towards the desk with all the tools on it. He pauses momentarily to roll another cigarette, um, clearly with the skill of someone who has been rolling cigarettes all their life. There's a look of disgust on his face as he lights up his cigarette and shuffles back to his work. Uh. <laughs> Anything you'd like to do? Um... See, uh, how close am I to this to this table? Or just anything is like, let's let's say, if I stretch out my legs as far as they can go, am I able to reach anything? Okay, your legs are already stretched far out in front okay. of you, and there is nothing. Didn't think so. No. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna look and be like, what? Where am I? What's happening? Oh, so it does talk then, does it? Alright, but you don't need to talk like that, it's really creepy. Um... Listen, you just pipe down. Wallace will be here for you soon, don't you worry. Now, I've got work to do, so if you don't mind... What are you doing? Why, the best work that I can. My finest creations for Mr. Wallace. Yeah, but they guys are... He looks over at you. What did you say? Sir, so guys. Are... With more speed than you've ever seen him move, he marches over to you and just backhands you across the face. <laughs> he looks right up at you and he says, You do not talk about Mr. Wallace like that. Mr. Wallace is a great man. A great, great man. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not feeling too hot right now, so I'm not really in a mood to argue that. <laughs> he realises that he's got you beaten and he goes back to his work. After about ten minutes, the door opens and Mrs. Roberts comes through the door. This is Mrs. Roberts, Dickie's mother. She comes in holding an envelope. She looks at you as if you were a piece of dirt on her shoe and just walk straight past as if you weren't there. 
Dicky looks up and a huge smile breaks onto his face as he recognises who's in front of him. She places a hand on his arm and hands over the envelope and she says, Young Mark March has just popped round to drop off your gyro, dear. He's such a good boy. Just for all our American friends out there, a gyro is like the 1970s equivalent of like benefit check, that kind of thing. As we know, Dickie hasn't done a day's work in his life. So Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Roberts says, Young Mark March has just been round to drop off your gyro. He's such a good boy. To which Dickie replies, Yes, mummy, he is. Mrs. Roberts looks at him with a stern look and she says, Darling, we have company. Sorry, I mean, I mean mother. And she nods approvingly and just <laughs> strokes his face gently. Oh, God, you guys are weird. Oh, I don't want to be here no more. Can you move to a different garage? <laughs> Mrs. Roberts doesn't even bat an eyelid as you talk. It's like you're not even there. Mark also told me he'll be around later to see. And she gestures with her head. Oh, mummy, he's... He's coming here. I can't believe it. I must I must make myself look more presentable. And she says, don't you worry, darling. I've got everything at hand. I'll put on a nice spread for the two of you. And he goes, I must put on my best shirt right away, right away. And he scurries out slowly with um, his mother on tow. And she turns back and looks at you once more. Uh, how, like, all right. So I know my hands are up above my head. Um, yeah. Are they like bound together in a way that I can't really move my fingers individually or is it kind of like at the <laughs> wrists? We've got classic chains. If you were to look up, you would see like there's like an eyelet bolted into this large, very large kind of cement. It, it's almost like a massive kind of crane ballast. And yeah, your hands are like chained up above your head. The chain is probably only long enough for you to bring your hands just to your forehead. Yeah, uh, I kind of like when she turns to look at me, I just kind of want to twist my wrist around just a little bit and just just kind of give her a quick little burr. Flip the bird. <laughs> okay, yep, you flip the bird and she just ignores you and closes the door. Okay, now we're going to try to struggle and worm our way out of here. I'm 99% sure it's not going to work, <laughs> especially since I feel like what? Okay, tell me what you're gonna do. Well, first things first, go get the the chains a good a good yank. See see if I can't maybe slip a hand out. Make brawn roll minus three. <laughs> That's gross. So that would make that a four. You pull at the chains and there is no give. Didn't think so. Okay, uh let's see what my full range of mobility is here. I'm going to try to stand up. I know that's a difficult task, the whole legs thing, but I've got my back up against a wall. I can probably shimmy my way up a little bit. That's gonna have to be a flight yeah. roll, I think. That's what I figure. That's okay, that's a, I'm fine with flight. A nine. Can you make another grit roll for me as well? One. You begin to shuffle yourself up. You get your backside maybe about six inches off the ground, but there is this constant thrum and humming, and it's it's filling you with an overwhelming sense of despair. 
and that hopelessness which eventually just causes you to crumple down on the floor in a heap and actually lose consciousness again. Well, I guess I'm dead. <laughs> you, you go on with, with, with Cat. I'm going to go ahead and start rolling up my new character. <laughs> All right, well, I am just going to leave you there for a second and we're going to flash forward to Thursday evening. So Erin and Kat, you are on your way to Dickie Roberts' house. The disciples, Cassie Pinion, Michael Fowle and Weege and Snotrag have all gone out to raise hell and get down as many posters as possible. What would you like to do, Kat? Can you remind me where I am? We were at the Elysium, and we are on our way to Dickies, which is in Honeywell Gardens, but it's right on the corner. All right, well, I, let, let's book it. I don't have a plan, but I have to save my friend. Nettles is obviously trotting alongside you, and he's like, Sally, Sally, you've you've got a plan, right, haven't you? Get D. Uh, that's not a plan. That's an objective. It can be both. Oh, very well. And you start to march off. You you make your way to Dickie Roberts' house. You know where it is. You know, some of the kids that you know do odd jobs for him so he doesn't have to get up off his ass, the lazy <laughs> bastard. And you come to the front of his house. It's a fairly well-maintained looking house. The curtains are closed. There's a pathway leading up the, the front garden. There's a garage next door with a big aluminium door. What do you want to do? You're outside it with Erin and Nettles. Do I have my bag with me? Yes, you took it after you'd been released from your uh, mm. grounding. Okay. In that case, I am going to take off my sock and put my padlock in it as an impossible. Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes. Get it, I'm Sally. here to save D. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Hell yeah. <laughs> right. Because I'm definitely wearing socks and yeah. I'm going to save D. You've got your padlock in a sock. Um, Erin <laughs> looks at you and arches one eyebrow and says, This is a new sight of you I've never seen before. Oh, getting real? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. There, we've got it. We've got your catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> that was meant to be my D impression as Sally, but you know. She nods approvingly. You hear Nettles and he's like, uh... Sally, much as I admire your bravado, uh, maybe we should uh, perhaps do a bit of reconnaissance first. Right, you've got a you've got a dog nose. Seek. <laughs> what do you want me to seek? D, of course. <sighs> uh, well, I can try my best. Hang on, let me just roll nose. <laughs> Nettles manages to crawl under the fence and snaffles around in the front garden. You can hear him, and he's like. <laughs> and he trots back and he says there's there's a lot of lavender and i think it it smells like um smells like ink ink erin looks over at you and says he does the printing doesn't he oh yeah that would make sense Ooh, if we can break that then that could be two birds with one padlock and a sock what do you mean well, the posters are the problem, right? And if this is the guys that make the posters, then if we can cripple that, then we can, like, weaken their hold and maybe get the magic back. Mm. 
Well, it's the best idea we've got. So where's the ink? I can't really place a location. It's, it's, it just seems to be in this whole area. Hmm. I'm going to make a brains roll. To do what? To see if I'm smart enough to think a printing press is big and is probably in the garage. I rolled a six. Do you think that is sufficient? You would hazard a guess that it, it wouldn't be stored in the house. Whether they've got facilities in the back garden or it could potentially be in the garage. But the other thing you realise is you're not sure if anybody's in or not. That's a good point. Can I, I can't hear anything, can I? Or do I have to make a grit for that? Yes, you can. You can hear a very low rumbling. Is it like, um, what kind of a house is it? Is it like detached or is it like It is. It's a detached house. Okay. Maybe we should go around the back because it's just, it's the done thing. You always go around the back. Okay, yeah, Erin nods in agreement and you head around the back. Are you going actually onto the property or are you just going to work your way around the house? If I can avoid going onto the property, I will. Okay. But I would, I would, like, give Nettles a stern look and be like, you should get on the property. You should look. So because you are small and unassuming. You work your way around and at the back of the house, you can see there's a wall along the side that you walk down but as you come round it's a lower fence so you can peer over the top mm-hmm. can i see anything the kitchen door is open well the back door is open that leads into the kitchen is there a back door to the garage there is a door there is a side door i, w- I want to try and hop the fence make a flight roll for me then please oh that is a no this is a literal you attempt to climb over the fence and you just don't manage it you get like kind of one leg over and you get caught that's not good yeah well then i will i will turn to Aaron and be like okay your turn Aaron goes over to the gate and opens it <laughs> you read my mind Aaron goes over to the gate turns the handle <laughs> and opens it and walks in and then just to rub salt in the wound comes to the spot where you've collapsed and just peers over are you coming or not all right fine sure Hmm. <laughs> trying to be action Sally Some don't you know we game. can't climb fences <laughs> yeah fences <laughs> are like your kryptonite <laughs> hey I did really well climbing up to the second floor of the school that one time okay that was a wall yeah that, that <laughs> was a building totally the, climbing things. buildings <laughs> is easy okay <laughs> climbing like a four foot fence yeah it's impossible <laughs> okay so you make your way in can you make a i never know what to do for listen i guess it's grit isn't it i would imagine so or brains i'm gonna go with grit because i just rolled a 10 and got 19 as you get in you can immediately hear the sound of voices okay can i can i hide how do i hide your best bet of not being seen would be to try and scrabble your way across the garden and actually underneath the kitchen window. Yes, so I want to do that. Sight. I'm going to ask you to make a flight roll to see if you can do it undetected. Fingers crossed. That's a three. Would you like to spend any adversity tokens? How many adversity tokens do I have? You've got three. I'm going to use all three. What? I mean, you, you did, like, fail that one. Oh, you did fail one earlier as well, so... Oh, yeah, that's true. So let's okay. say you've got so you've got one left. Okay. 
All right. One left um, for emergencies. So you manage to scramble across the garden in sneak mode and you get under the kitchen. You can hear the sounds of voices. The first voice you hear is a man's voice. Oh, mummy, this, this looks absolutely delicious. Followed by a woman's voice that says, Now, darling, you must say your prayers first before before you begin to eat. Yes, mummy, I will. What do you want to do? Um, shudder at that exchange. <laughs> um. Yeah, this would be half as weird if, like, she wasn't actually his mom. <laughs> like, I'd be like, okay... <laughs> What, whatever. Like, yeah, we okay got some. It's... We got some serious Norman Bates. Yeah, stuff yeah. Like, there's, yeah. There's definitely a. This is way worse because she's literally his mom. Oh, it's it's just so creepy. I'm not really sure what to do. I guess wave frantically at Aaron and be like, "It's people." Aaron decides to to slightly get up just so that she's level with the window and begins to peek in. You watch her, and she's looking. And her mouth just kind of drops. <laughs> and she crouches back down and looks at you. <laughs> and she's got her hand over her mouth as if she's laughing. <laughs> I was like, well, you're no help. Okay, I'll have a look. I don't peer up with a little I- meerkat. Okay, so you peek your head up and you see sat at the table is Dickie Roberts. He's in the kitchen smoking as usual and he's got a a steaming plate of spaghetti bolognese in front of him and his mother's there just stood by his side just leaning over um, and he's looking up at her kind of really simperingly as she dutifully starts cutting up the spaghetti (laughs) and then slowly feeding it to him oh my god and, oh, that's um, so not okay. Occasionally, you know, she congratulates him and clasps his head to her ample bosom. Oh, this is making me incredibly uncomfortable. Tell me, but apparently I've been stuck here for like three days. Erin is on the floor howling. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to... I, I'm going to shudder again <laughs> and then try my way, make my way towards the garage door. Okay, are you suggesting this to Erin, or is... I'm just, I'm giving her a withering look, because, like, (laughs) this is serious. Um, Um, Yeah, she tried to pull herself together and make a straight face. (laughs) Nettles is like, what, what, what did I miss? What's going on? (laughs) Erin should pick him up so that he can see. (laughs) Obviously, Dickie and his mother are are busy uh, doing their thing, so it's it's not too much of a, a problem to get to the door of the garage. And once you're there, you're the other side, so you're in a fairly well-hidden space. You should be fairly safe there, although you're gonna, you'll probably have to be cautious of noise. I want to I want a very, very... Ca- I'm assuming it's got a handle. Um, yeah, it has got a handle. Well, because sometimes they have latches, you never know. I want to turn it incredibly carefully okay. and see if it is unlocked. It is not. I don't have lockpicks. I don't have anything. What do you have in your bag? Nothing useful, I'm sure. Um, let's have a look. I have a torch, a lighter, a notebook, a pen, a pencil, a purse with pocket money, and a padlock, which is currently in my sock. 
Make a brains roll. A pad sock. <laughs> That's a four. What sort of pen is it? I don't know. I'm guessing a clicky one. It occurs to you that your pen has a metal pocket clip on the front. Ah. And you might be able to make a makeshift lockpick with it. This is one of those uh, real oh. locks where it's only got like the one little... Little. Yeah, like one of those massive holes <laughs> mm-hmm. that you can like, you could undo with like. It's only got like one pin in a it. Nail. <laughs> Go on then. I want to try it. What? What do I have to roll for MacGyver? <laughs> roll MacGyver. <laughs> um, okay, so you will need to roll. Oh, what did we decide for lock picking? It was either Dex or Grit, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, there is no Dex. Not no, not Dex. Um, flight, flight or yeah. Grit. Right. I mean, I would want to say flight because that's my d20, but I've been rolling absolutely with it so far. <laughs> you can roll grit if you want. I don't know. I'm too superstitious. For, I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna roll flight. See that that I. Mm. <laughs> wow! I really hope that you're eating all the bad rolls right now. This is why you need to get actual dice, cat. I have actual dice. I just don't even know how to roll them. Erin leans over to you and says. Look, it's never going to work. Can I suggest that maybe we uh, we find somewhere to go and, and come up with a slightly better plan than trying to open a door with a pen? I don't see you come out with any ideas. Well, in case you hadn't noticed, I'm Son's magic. Yeah, so am I. Oh, look, Sally, why don't we go for something to eat? We'll think on something and come back. Because God knows what they're doing to Dee in here. We've got to save him. I'm not saying we should leave him for a week. All I'm saying is we should just go somewhere where we can talk for an hour. That's a really long time. Dee's been gone for days. That doesn't make it better. Yes, but what could happen? Hmm? What could happen? You could get caught. We could get caught. And then we're all in trouble. So let's come up with a slightly better plan than picking a lock with a pen. And he just trots off out the garden. Erin shrugs and follows him. I want to try picking them up with the pen again. Okay, roll flight. 17. Ooh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you manage to pick the lock. Yay! I'm going to... <laughs> Nettles has gone. Yeah. Erin is about halfway out whilst you're doing this. So I am going to roll to see if she hears you pop that lock. (laughs) And that is an 11. She turns around and sees you (laughs) sighing in relief and reacting um, when you hear that, that lock pop. She kind of looks in the direction of Nettles, who has already disappeared, and she comes creeping back with a rather sheepish look on her face. <laughs> See? It worked. Now will you help me? Okay, what do you want to do? I want to go in. Very, okay, you very s- quietly. You slowly open the door and I'm going to leave you there for just a second because we're going to go back can, to D. Can I can I make the the that I'm I'm opening it slowly enough that if it starts to creak I can stop. Yep. So, nope. <laughs> okay, so we're going back to Wednesday. Do you slowly regain consciousness again? And when you do, um, there is another figure in the room. 
the printer is still going and the man is looming over you and you know exactly who this is uh, it's Mr. Victor Wallace I was hoping you'd say it was weed saving me Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, great this day just keeps getting better and better you just keep getting in the way don't you well, maybe you should get out of my way. Maybe you shouldn't have ended the life of my sister. Okay, well, you know what? I, I very explicitly said I was not cool with that, so don't blame me for that one, alright? was not happy about you that. There. You were party to the death of my sister. I had great plans for her, great plans, and you ruined them. <laughs> That was my my blood you murdered. I didn't murder her. Okay? I didn't murder her. And I wasn't happy about murdering her. I tackled her. I'll admit that. He backhands you. Wait, stop hitting me in the face! He draws blood this time. He then composes himself and he says, It's of no matter now. You see, Derek, isn't it? No, it's not Derek. That's not my freaking name. You see, young man, there are two types of people in the world. Those who crave power and those who are destined to achieve it. Naturally, I fall into the latter. And you and all those gullible fools are going to help me to achieve what I am rightfully owed. Is there anything you want to say to him? Just ch chime in at any point. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Dee's just like, this guy really doing a monologue? <laughs> <laughs> He's a villain, that's what villains do. Yeah, I know. I don't think Dee ever expected anyone to do a monologue. Oh, okay, we're doing this now, huh? Tell me, young man, have you ever wanted to be all-powerful, all-knowing? Have you wanted to take a little bit more charge in your life? Well, we want, like... I don't really care about power or nothing, man. I just want, just want to be fucking left alone. I, like. That's where it begins. What? But people don't leave you alone, do they? No. They just give you, they give you hassle. They disagree with you. They think they're better than you. Okay, I'm listening. You see, I was not always so astute. I was like that idiot do-good, a bowing and scraping sycophant. That is until, while carrying out some research for the Aquarius Association, I happened upon a book, a book of secrets, a book of enormous power, and that book gave me the knowledge to see my true potential. You're a big old dumbass. Don't you see, boy? The game that is being played here. I could have had my revenge on those who have underestimated me whenever I wanted, and they would have been none the wiser. But the book has shown me the greatest weapon of them all. Words, boy. Words are my weapon. The power of suggestion has enabled me to accumulate the wealth and influence I need to take my plans into Marsh Haven and beyond. You just don't have it, Ted. 
who thinks, oh yeah, no, I do everything all on my own. I'm all powerful, super, super awesome. And this is why I utterly abhor children. Those idiots out there, he gestures out the door, are falling over themselves to hear me speak, which will make my retribution all the better. They will never see it coming. He paces across the room and crouches down to the inverted star surrounding the printer. As he touches it, the hum becomes more pronounced and you see the star begin to glow as ribbons of light curl around Victor's arms. He gestures at the press and the machine gets faster and faster, spilling unfolded pamphlets all over the floor. Wallace just looks on with a sinister smile on his face. Chaos, boy. From chaos comes order. And on Saturday, I will bring chaos to Marsh Haven of the like that has not been seen for thousands of years. And when the chaos dies down, a new world will be born. My new world. And you will be the very beginning of it. And he marches out. Yeah, well... Screw you two! So we got a bit of supervillain exposition there. Can you make a grit roll, please? Yeah, 13. You become increasingly aware of the thrum of the printer once more. You manage to stay conscious. However, everything's kind of taken out of you. You feel a little bit weak. Mm. Uh, this is weird continues to suck so i'm just gonna just quickly narrate what happens over the course of the next 12 hours or so for you you fall in and out of consciousness you fall asleep at one point dicky brings a bucket in you um, know i wasn't going to ask about that because i didn't <laughs> want to know that's literally all he does and you have to figure out some kind of way of but we're yeah we're <laughs> Let's just say that you manage it somehow. Thank you, because my hands are changed. <laughs> okay, so Kat, we're mm-hmm. going to come back to Sally now. Okay. And you slowly open the door. Mm-hmm. What, what do I see? Can you make a grit roll for me, please? As you get in, you are hit with an overwhelming sense of helplessness, um, of despair. Your eyes are immediately drawn to a semi-conscious D who is chained up on a concrete block. There is a really strange sound emanating from the printer and Erin, who's coming behind you, has immediately clocked the inverted heptagram. I feel boozy. Uh, that's D. I need to I need to save D. Okay, so you're going over to D, are you? Yes. All right. What would you like to do? Um, I want to like, see if he's conscious. Is he conscious? Are you conscious, D? Hello? Do you uh, hear me? <laughs> D, make a grit roll. Making a grit roll. There'll be a three because we are rolling so so well. <laughs> D is unconscious at the moment. Oh no. Um, okay. Uh, oh, oh, so I, I, I see chains. 
I don't think I can do anything about chains. I see... I, I skip over the entire midsection and I see bound feet. So I do not want to know how he's been using that bucket. <laughs> and, um... Yeah, what can I... What can I do? I... There's a workbench. You're unconscious, shut up. <laughs> this, is, this is a thing that's visible in the room. <laughs> um... Yeah, but I, have, I haven't seen it because I'm obsessed with, like, D needs to be saved. And then everything will be okay again. And I can relax because there will be help. I have a lighter in my bag. How mean am I feeling? <laughs> Don't know. No, that would, no that, would, that would be a step too far. Okay, well, at the moment, Erin is examining the printer. Oh, yeah, D, D looks beat up, too, because he's from... She's definitely oh. talk. Uh, uh, <laughs> Dicky, how do I forget that? I'm tired. Yeah, uh, she's <laughs> definitely been like occasionally in fits of wakefulness, just, just totally uh, bark talking, Dicky. So she probably looks pretty beat up too. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna pull out my torch and like prize open these eyelids and shine the torch in them. Okay. Um, Be like, wake up! Well, that's because that's, that's what you see people do on the telly box, and I don't know what it's for, but I guess it must be something. Get hot towels. Um, <laughs> no, wait, that's something else. Um, <laughs> okay, so yeah, you shine the light in Dee's eyes. Can you make another grit roll, Dee? There'll be a four. You are aware that somebody is in the room. But that's about as far as it goes. You can't see. Your your vision is all blurry. Yeah, yeah I've got a bright um, light shining in them. <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, so I'm just going to kick them. Oh. <laughs> okay, can you roll fight for me then? Uh, my fight is a d10. I do apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Completely fair. A but seven. That's what? A seven. D lashes out at you and manages just to connect with your shin, toppling you over. Erin peers over and says, Look, come on, we've got to get out of here. We can't be here all night. Well, then help me. Um, she rushes over to the workbench and starts ferreting around. And she manages to find a, a Stanley knife. Excellent. And gives it to you. Stanley. And then um, comes back with a crowbar. She jams it into the eyelet that's holding the chains and begins to lever it. I'm going to make a strength. How how aware am I of what's happening? Not very aware at all. Okay. I'll let you roll grit again in a moment, all right? Just to see where we get to. All right, so Erin's rolling um, brawn. She gets an eight, which doesn't really get you very far at all. She looks down at you, Sally, and she says, "Look, come on, hurry up, give me a hand with this." All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut the zip tie. Yep. Pocket the knife. Yeah. And then grab the crowbar with her. Okay, so you begin kind of levering and, and jamming away. Can you make a brawn roll for me, Sally? Uh, fingers crossed. Six. Can I add my adversity points to it? You can, if you want. Have I gained any more from being crap at rolling? Mm, I don't think so, no. Okay. 
Okay, so you get a seven and Aaron gets a seven as well. It's it's beginning to give. You can feel it moving in its setting, but it's not really going anywhere. Can you make a brains roll for me? Is this realising that they can hear us from the kitchen? Um, that was a ten, by the way. Well, for that roll, you spot a hammer that you might be able to use. Um, but you're also aware that if you do start hammering, they could potentially hear you. I'm going to say it's worth it and grab a hammer. You grab the hammer. So Erin's leaning on the crowbar. And so all you need to do is just hit the crowbar. Um, can you roll brawn and add four? That would be another six, including the four. Okay, Erin rolls four. It comes loose at one side. Oof, this is torturous. Okay, I am certain that they've heard us now. So, frantic, frantic, frantic. Go again, go again, go again. And also, like, also kicking D and being like, get ready to get up. Okay, D, roll grit for me. Let him switch dice. For an 11. Your eyes are open. You are aware that Sally and Erin are in the room with you you're, you're still feeling very very weak but you you realize you've got a bit more movement on your hands as the plate has started to come off the cement so get ready to get up okay i, I know you can't run but i freed your legs just just be ready we have to leave quickly right, uh yeah uh is going to uh try to twist around a bit kind of uh, put their legs up against the wall and push off and like be pulling on the chain while they're trying to yank it. I'm going to send you flying. Probably. D, can you make a brawn minus two? Sally, can you make a brawn plus four? Uh, that'd be a one total. You have managed to almost get the plate out. There's just one screw hanging in now. And just as you're about to give it another go, you hear a voice in your head. Sally, he's coming out of the house. Okay, okay. Now we've got to do this. We're so close. We have to do it. One more, one more, one more. Okay, roll for it. Got another six, which makes ten. Three total. That's the pin out. D, your arms drop to the floor. You're Obviously, you've still got the chains on, but you are now free. Cool. Sally, you hear in your head, he's he's coming to the door, Sally. You need to do something. I'm gr- I've, I've still got my hammer and I am like ready uh, to wail on anything. Uh, how how clo- how long would it take me to get over to the uh, to the workbench? Uh, can you make a grit roll for me, please? Ten. You can get up. All right. Yeah, because I just want to get up and go over to that bench. We're going to die. Be nice to us. (laughs) Just as you reach the bench, Dickie Roberts walks through the door. What are you doing? Who are you? Why are you out of your chains? And he begins to stumble towards you. Towards who? Well, you're at the bench. Sally, I think you're closest. Um, I'm wherever he was. As he does so, he says, Mother! Mother! I'm going to scream like a banshee and run at him. Okay. What do you want to do? Are you are you trying to tackle him? Are you going to hit him? I haven't quite worked that out. As in Sally hasn't quite worked that out. 
it's just all of the rage and frustration of the past few days is kind of culminating and she snapped a little bit. Okay, so you're charging at him. So I'm going to ask you to make a flight and then if it's successful, we'll decide what you're going to do. Ten. Ten. Okay, that's pretty good. So (laughs) what are you going to do? Um, Probably flail with the hammer, which is a bad idea because my fight is terrible, but it's it's what I would it's what Sally wants to do okay um okay so you charge at him and you roll fight for me I am screaming as well I just want to make that very clear that's a one you are getting a bit feral now and you've just kind of charged at him and in your excitement you drop the hammer however it kind of works in your favor because although you do stumble and trip and fall you bring him down as well yay uh d is there anything you would like uh yeah i want to grab like just just the biggest heaviest most unwieldy monkey wrench that I can get my hands on. You do have heavy chains attached to your I arms. know, but I don't want to use those for what I'm about to do because they are attached okay. to my arms. Oh. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, that printing press, it's still, like, running, right? Like, things are moving and everything. I just want to take, like, this big-ass wrench and just jam it into the most important looking gear that I could find and just absolutely ruin this thing. So the proverbial spanner in the works. Exactly. Literal spanner (laughs) in the works. I'm going to ask you to make a brawn roll. Oh boy. I'm not very good at those. (laughs) Eight plus a four plus one. So that would be a 13. Your, your initial thought is to jam it in the rollers, but you realise that's only going to stop the actual printing. So you decide to go for um, some heavy gears that are on the side. And the moment that you jam that spanner in with all your might, you just see it all just kind of buckles up and this this cog begins to just slowly start to pop out of place and everything just goes, comes down to a slow grind. As you do so, and Sally, as you're still on the floor, Dickie is trying to get to his senses and is beginning to start to get up and you hear him go, Mummy! Mummy! What do you want to do? I want to yell, Erin, do something! You have to get out of here now! As Dickie gets to his knees, Erin just strolls over and she now has a, a piece of two by four in her hand and she just cracks him around the back of the head and Dickie just drops unconscious. Yay! Right, now we need to leave. Let's leave. Dee, please bear in mind that you are still very woozy. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. No, do you, do you walking is like, not going to be flopping around. <laughs> I, 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 want, I want to run over and like try and help. Sally, <laughs> you rescued me. I had to rescue you. I was so scared on my own. You, you went on a secret spy mission for me. I tried earlier and I didn't manage it and I'm really sorry. You're so cool. <laughs> Are you okay? What happened? Where have you been? I don't, I think I've been here. I can, let's just go. <laughs> Please, I don't no. want to be here no more. 
I don't want to be here. Well done for breaking the printing press. That was a good idea. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can drag this out. No, no, because like we, we literally got to be doing this as we're walking out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. But yeah, I did a thing. <laughs> yeah. D is very, very proud and very happy. <laughs> but see, now, now Sally will collapse because... She's been fueled by rage and anxiety, and now that's like objective achieved. Hibernate. So, what do you guys want to do now? Uh, we're bouncing. Get out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, as you look up and go to exit, you see um, Mrs. Roberts at the at the at the doorway, and she lets out an almighty scream. I'm gonna scream back at her. I'm in that kind of a mood. <laughs> Okay. What you're just gonna stand there and scream? Well, I've gone. I've gone to help D, but if she's gonna start screaming, I'm gonna start screaming. I'm. Nah. Okay. All right. So yeah. So she starts screaming, and she's like, "My boy, my boy, my precious baby, my baby!" And she charges past you and scoops him up and holds him to her chest. Oh, in that case, I'm a little bit deflated and we leave. <laughs> okay. All right. You guys start hobbling out, out of the garden. Where do you want to go? To the the last post. I mean, it's kind of far, but... Erin's with you. Sally, can I ask you to make a brawn roll for me? That's a five. Actually, instead okay. of the last post, we should probably go to my house because it's closer and then we can sort the chains out and then we can go to the last post. Okay. Okay, no problem. All right, so you start working your way through Honeywell Gardens. As you get 200 yards away from the Roberts house, you can still hear Mrs. Roberts screaming and you can see curtains starting to twitch. I mean, we have an incredibly beaten, chained teenager limping along the road. Like, I'm not sure that we're going to come out the worst in this scenario, or at least we shouldn't because that's fucked up if we do. We have a de-education program. I am sorry. No, like, we're going to get... This is bad. But is that common knowledge or is that, like, the elite few? Apparently parents had to sign off on it. Okay, that's... This shrieking is happening, curtains are twitching, and you are hobbling your way down the road. You're about 200 yards away. And as you're getting a little bit closer to your house, Sally, you see... Well, make a brains roll for me. That's a three. Yeah, uh, Dee's kind of, like, just, like, taking the chains and just trying to, like, hide them up underneath the shirt. (laughs) Just kind of like that number. Okay. With a brain roll of three, Sally, you realise that it's dark. Ooh. What time, what time was it? Well, you don't uh, I mean, know D- because you've been D- changed. That. I'm just curious because I wasn't here for all that. Yeah, oh, I, don't, okay. I don't know what time. It well, we're kind of looking sort of post 8.30. Right. Oh, oh. shit. It's past curfew, isn't it? <laughs> That's fine. They can take me home. That's where uh, I'm going. Well, <laughs> I'm here too. Well, I mean, where else can we go? We're going for the the nearest location to where we are right now. Like, what what more can we do? Yeah, yeah, no, like, let's, let's go, let's go, please, let's go. Okay, so you hobble your way along the road. 
Hang on, I'm just going to roll. And you make it back to Sally's house. Yay! Um, are you just going to storm straight in? Yeah. Okay. Yep. You're going in. Sally, don't give don't give a bark no more. I'm doing it. I'm. <laughs> Sally has an objective, and Sally will achieve the objective. Okay. As you walk in, Mrs. Richards walks into the hallway. You're out after curfew again, I'm and you're in. here with him. I'm in. And what on earth has happened to him? I'm in. Okay. If you didn't want me to be out after curfew. I am doing exactly what you want right now. I'm I didn't home. expect you to bring your boyfriend home with you. Now, I'm calling his uncle right now. No, do not do that. Do not do that. Do not do that. Do not. She goes to pick up the phone and dials a number. Don't. 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 I pull out a Stanley knife and raise the blade. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you threw your mom at the same. <laughs> Sally, what are you doing? I mean, what I'm actually doing is posturing, but like, I just said, if you do that, I'm stabbing you. And I'm going to advance <laughs> forward. She puts down the phone. Young and I'm lady. Gonna, I'm going to cut the cord of the phone and then just walk off. <laughs> is Aaron in here with us? <laughs> no, Aaron has sidetracked and she's gone and made her way back to her little offices at the Civic Hall. Okay. Yeah. Uh... Mrs. Richards doesn't really know what to do with herself and stands there agape as you just march past and head off up to your room. Dee, what are you doing? Uh, I think Dee's equally agape. Okay. <laughs> uh, so... Dee, come on! Don't, don't kill Uncle Tommy, okay? Like, he fucking... Like, I got kidnapped, and he's the one that did it, and just, he, yeah, they holds up the chains. It's like, I, <laughs> I can't go lay down. Mrs. Richards just stands there getting paler and paler and just not knowing how to respond. Everyone's bad. Don't. Please don't. I'm going to go upstairs. Yeah, dude, just fucks Okay, so you head upstairs to Sally's room. What are you guys doing now? I don't know. I'm pacing frantically. If I, I, I want to insist that Dee goes to bed. Uh, can we uh, get do something about these? I don't know what to do about those. Like, how, I don't how have are a they, lockpick. Yeah, like, how are they attached to me? Is it, is it like a lock or is it? Tied in a knot. <laughs> they're metal manacles. They're bolted. And then you've still got the chains connected to you. And they go to a single chain. And it's still got the eyelet base on it. Okay. So I'm going to say you, you sit down, see what you can do about your chains. I'm going to go and talk to my mother. What am I supposed to? I can barely even use my fucking hands. <laughs> just, just wait there. Do you got any butter? <laughs> I'll go downstairs in search of butter Okay, so Dee, you're fiddling about with your chains Sally I want to go, go and confront Patricia You find your mother sat at the kitchen table nursing a glass of sherry Okay, look I wasn't going to stab you but you don't listen unless I say something crazy and like, what am I supposed to do? 
we we had this conversation and you didn't care. And now I told you that the world has gone insane. Like, he's kidnapped. He's in chains. I got him out of someone's garage. Like, he was beaten up. How are you okay with this? I don't know what sort of game you're playing, Sally. You know it's not a game. What I know is that you are stepping over a line. This is beyond unacceptable. What is acceptable? Sally. No, what is acceptable about a teenage boy being kidnapped, chained up and beaten? I think you need help, Sally. I think this town needs help. Don't worry, we'll sort this all out. Oh, so I'm the next one to be chained and beaten then, am I? I really don't understand you anymore, Sally. That's because you won't listen or open your eyes to the world around you. Well, I've sent your father out. He'll be back in a moment. Perfect. I guess I'm leaving then. (laughs) No, okay, I've given up on my parents. I'm leaving. What, leaving, leaving, or...? Well, going back to to try and get these chains off. Okay. All right, so you fiddle about the chains for a bit. After about 15, 20 minutes, you hear a key turn in the door. Make a grit roll for me, Sally. Six. You hear your father's voice, but you also hear that there might be somebody else with him. Excellent. So, yeah, they're coming to take us away and we are going to die. Nobody's (laughs) ever kidnapping me again. (laughs) No. People are farting around downstairs and we still ain't got the chain situation (laughs) sorted out. He's just going to, like, take it, just kind of, like, do this number to twirl them (laughs) around the wrist. That way I've just got a big old hunk of metal wrapped around my fist. (laughs) Amazing. seems like a bad idea. Okay, you can definitely hear voices in the hallway now. They're getting closer. Um, they're definitely coming up the stairs. All right. I don't know what to do at this point. Like, it, it feels like we're kind of painted into a corner. And like, I don't know how we could have done anything differently. Well, I mean, Sally, you, you do know that your window is directly above, like, the, the, the porch area of your front door. So there is a small roof. You could potentially get out of it. But you're going to have to be quick. And not die with the... These bound, hands being bound and then not run into all of the patrolling guards and I don't know. You're just gonna stay then. I th- I, I don't know. What what do you wanna do? Uh D D is still foggy as hell. So D's just kinda like standing there staring at the door, like just just hands up, ready to just start hammer fisting. Okay, so the door opens and stood in the doorway is your dad and four members of the community oh, guard. Jesus Christ. Plus so Malcolm Neep and Mrs. Neep. And the Neeps. And your dad looks at you, Sally, and says, Sally, I don't know what's been going on, but somebody has been seriously injured. And these people seem to think that you might know something about it. I know (laughs) that my friend here has been seriously injured and chained to a wall for days. That seems quite illegal. Mrs. Neep steps forward 
and she says, I think the best thing that we can do here is perhaps sit everybody down and hear the full story from all parties. If you children wouldn't mind just coming with us. No, no. I'm not going and anywhere with you. No, no. I'm afraid you don't have much choice. We are working now in conjunction with the police and we then would like to... Then have police come and question us with lawyers. Don't, don't pull us into back alleys. I know that you are going to just make us disappear like you made everyone else disappear. Mrs. Neep looks at your father and says, clearly these children are deluded. I don't know what's been going on. Must be drugs. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. I did a bunch of drugs and chained myself to a freaking wall and then punched myself in the face several times. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Well, this is why we want you to come to the police station so that we can resolve no, this matter. Then bring no. police, not random thugs. It's you guys what kidnapped me. No, get out of here. Go away. Leave me alone. Mrs. Neep looks at your father and says, I told you that this might happen. And your father's shoulders slump and he looks at you pleadingly. Sally, can you make a grit roll for me? That's a two. You can see that something is bothering your father, but you don't know what it is. And with that, he steps to one side and... Yeah, uh, D, D is not going to just stand there idly. The second one gets closed, he's a hammer piston. <laughs> okay, you wanna you wanna make a fight? Uh, yeah, this. Absolutely, D got kidnapped. D is not getting kidnapped again. All right, okay. At least so not tell quietly. me what you wanna do, D. Pretty much just full on pull the the chain covered double fist back and just like just knock the wind out of like anyone that gets close. Two of the community guard step forward to grab one of you each. Dee, make a fight roll for me, and you can add three. Be a nine total. Tell me what you want to do. Uh, like I said, full on just like double swing right into the gut. I want to like just win the ever-loving hell out of this guy. So you let fly with your bound hands straight into the stomach of this guy well he's gonna make a flight roll to see if he dodges and he doesn't you take him completely by surprise i think they're still underestimating you a bit and don't expect you to lash out and so you hit him squarely in the stomach and he just drops to the floor like all the wind taken out of him what do you want to do i uh, like, I'm just going to ride that momentum and uh, shoulder check into the one going for Sally and try to knock him over. <laughs> okay, Sally, what are you doing whilst Dee's punching the first one? I guess I'm opening the window. Make a dex roll for me. Flight? Would that be flight? Oh, yeah, sorry, flight. Four. Okay, no, that's all right, because, I mean, it's just literally getting to the window and opening it. I'll, I'll give you that. I don't even know why I asked you to roll, to be honest. It's <laughs> opening a <laughs> window. Um, yeah, I, think, I think he's making no, no, a pretty big ruckus yeah. right now. I mean, it's just, uh, I suppose the role is for the speed in which you do it at. Do you manage to dodge out of the arms of this community guard member? So, yeah, you dash over to the window and you slide it open. D, you finished off battering the first one, and so... The second one is heading towards Sally, but has to go past you in order to do so. Yeah, let's just let's just take those fists right up, just like right underneath the chin, real quick. 
Oh, okay. Ooh, that's dangerous. That's very uh, yeah, dangerous. Yeah, now I'm going to um, make him eat all of his teeth. All right, oh. so roll fight plus three. That would be a ten total. Okay, so you do a weird uppercut thing and you smash him right under the chin. And yeah, it is. It's, it's like that slow-mo Raging Bull style as teeth fly out of his oh. mouth and blood spurts across the room as he collapses in a heap. There's pandemonium now because Mrs. Richards is shrieking. Mrs. Neep is issuing orders. Your dad is just standing there pale and unsure what to do. Sally, what's your next move? It's just um, wrecking house. Yanking, <laughs> yanking D by the arm and, and trying to get out the window. Before you do so, the third CG member is going to take a swing at me not swing sorry he's going to take a lunge at you right so he's gonna lunge for you and he totally misses and flops onto the bed (laughs) you're at the window people are coming towards you i'm clambering out okay d i'm guessing you're Uh, following yeah d's gonna try to just kind of like go out backwards that way they can keep their feet up and ready to go to kick any of them in the face if they get too close Okay, well, Malcolm Neep is the first person to arrive at the window. Well, like Malcolm Quinn. I'd I'd be helping DL. I wouldn't just be kind yeah, of like, like just, in there. Yeah, just hook your arms up there. That way you can just keep <laughs> on kicking. All right, yeah, that works. Uh, so, yeah, like if he gets too close, he's just going to kick him right in the face. Uh, try to flatten that <laughs> nose. All right, make a fight roll for me. Ooh, that one's a two. You're more conscious of trying to escape than you are mm. of, of fighting at this point. Sally, so you, you're on top of the porch roof. What do you want to do? Um, I'm pulling D through the window. Okay, so you pull D through the window and Malcolm Neep narrowly misses getting a, a foot in the face. He's continued to move forward and is now leaning out the window himself. So what are you going to do? I can tell you that the height of this porch is it's not it's not massive. It's probably about a seven, eight foot drop. Yeah, I'm dropping down. Would it be possible for me to uh just like reach forward and yank the window down on top of me? <laughs> Your hands are bound in chains. Yeah, but like I still yeah, have fingers. I... Do you know what actually just from sheer comedy effect because <laughs> I like to see Malcolm Neep get smacked around yeah you do he's jammed in the window and you can see that there's a tangle of limbs now just trying to get this window open he's gonna run and drop off (laughs) yeah i was well i was gonna suggest like you sit down and like shuffle off and i kind of hold you so that you don't end up landing awfully and then i can like hang and drop teamwork i didn't describe that well (laughs) okay well i'm gonna say that you do that yeah. And everything goes tickety-boo from, from that perspective. So you are now outside your house at about quarter past nine. We need to get to the Elysium fast. Yes, very fast. As fast as we can. Yeah, which sucks because I can't ride a bike. You probably could ride a bike if you untangled yourself because you have like a length of chain. You could reach out of us. Wrists were together. No, you've got manacles and then a chain going through them. So you've got range of motion. Yeah. Well, in that case, yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. We don't have bikes, so it doesn't matter. I'm going to run this, this by you. I'm, I'm assuming these people showed up in a car. 
Is it by chance that they left that car outside and running? I am going to use my giant D20. <laughs> okay, the squishy. Okay. Nice. If it rolls even, they will have left the keys in the car. Okay. If it rolls odd, you're going to have to find another means of transport. To make it slightly more re- realistic, if it's even, either they left the keys in the car or uh, Mr. Rich has left his keys in the front door. Because people do that all the time. Okay. All right, so here we go. And that is an 18. There are keys in that car. Sweet. (laughs) Yep, let's let's jack the neeps ride. Yeah, uh, D, he just, like, runs over there and just, like, hops in the driver's seat. Um, okay, I guess I'm going to jump and run and hop in the passenger seat. (laughs) You haven't had the dwemen before, have you? Uh, no. Yeah, me neither. Just <laughs> kicks it into gear. <laughs> okay. Would you even be aware of what gears are, given that most of your cars are automatic? Well, we've been hanging around in a junkyard. Surely we'd have seen it. Yeah, like, I, I could see uh, uh, Dee's dad driving a stick. I'm going to ask you to... You're going to have to make a brains roll. Ooh, why am I driving? I was hoping that this would be a grit type can, thing. Can I can I help from an advisory position? <laughs> yeah, you you can operate the stick while I handle the, like the driving part. Yeah, but the hardest part about driving stick is operating the clutch. Okay, just tell me. I don't know what the clutch is. <laughs> <laughs> I got four. It's one of the pedals. <laughs> ah, that's a uh, seven total. I can add some uh, some to it, though. With a seven, you can start the engine and you can make the car go forward. What way are we facing? Like, where's it parked? Sally's house is about here. Okay. Okay. And it's facing towards New Cross Street. All right. So, so it's not like facing the garage and I can only drive forward. Are you going to be obeying the highway code, or are you just going to be flooring it? I think Dee's going to be driving on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> it, the, it's curfew. All right, they're already going to be seeing us driving, and hopefully they'll see that it's the Neep's car. We'll be like, oh, well, clearly they've got somewhere important to be. So nobody else should be out right now, right? Okay, so you still you still haven't answered my question though. Are you flooring it or yeah, are I'm you? Uh... Hell yeah, I'm flooring it. I think flooring it's probably a bad idea if you don't know how to drive properly. Well, that's also if my that's kind of thing. Is like he doesn't know how to drive, so yes, uh, you either go way too fast or way too slow. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say that you managed to get it into it here so that you're able to just go. You hit New Cross Street. You know as much as turning that steering wheel will... Yeah, I would hope I'd know that part. <laughs> but as you come up to the intersection between Columbus Road and New Cross Street on Gerard Way... I still um, don't get it. You still don't nope, get it? I don't get Gerard Way. Gerard Way is the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. Oh, see, my wife would understand that. (laughs) 
Okay, so as you get up to the intersection, you see several patrols of community guard members lurking around. And as you whiz past, they take a glance and there's a, well, make um, make grit rolls for me. I want to see if you can gauge their reactions. Mm, oh, baby. Let's see what this one I got a seven, into. but I think Eve did better. That would be a 35. <laughs> Holy... <laughs> Not only do you realise that they realise it's the Neep's car, you also realise that they realise that the Neeps aren't driving it. You also see one of them produce a rather large walkie-talkie and is currently screaming down the end of it. Excellent. So you continue along Gerard Way, because it's too difficult to turn unless you absolutely really have to. You turn at this corner here, at the very bottom, and make your way up here. Another vehicle is pulling out. Oh, no. Okay, I would like you to roll a flight roll for me to see if you manage to dodge this car. Be a five. Um, but how 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 many adversity tokens do I need to dodge this? <laughs> You're going to need a a nine to get past. Oh, okay, them. cool. Because I have seven adversity tokens right now so <laughs> that would be that would be a nine that i got okay so tell tell me how, what happens uh all right how, how are they me. approaching are they approaching like to t-bone us they're literally just pulling out of here because you got such a good grit roll yeah i'm going to tell you that you know that the only people who are going to be out are other community guard members but you would say that they're coming out to look for you, but don't suspect you whizzing past them immediately. So they're not actually prepped and ready. They're not going to kind of wait for it, wait for it and zoom out. They are literally just coming out of there because they are on the lookout for you. Gotcha. So yeah, uh, yeah. They just kind of like uh, swerves around and keeps on pushing. Vroom, vroom, vroom. You hear an almighty honking of a horn and... Sally, as you glance into the rearview mirror, you can see a set of headlights and they are giving chase. Uh-oh. Okay. Where are our biker friends when we need them? Where are they indeed? Uh, is there any... Do you, um... Do you see, like, an oil slick button or something here? <laughs> can I search the car for a walkie-talkie? Some thumbtacks. You can have a little look around. What would that be? Would that be grit or brains? Um, nah, you don't need to do it because okay. you're just searching. You search the car. The only thing you find is an overcoat and a riding crop. Why <laughs> is there a riding crop in this she, car? She did have it with her at, at the meeting because... <laughs> weird. <laughs> it's a power accessory and she's probably a horsey bitch. Uh, see, I, I, I wasn't, th I wasn't thinking of its intended use. I was thinking of its uh, other recreational uses. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the question, therefore, being, why is it in the car? This is a good Christian podcast. <laughs> okay, so I am going to ask you guys to make another flight roll for me, and I'm going to make a flight roll as well to see if I can catch up with you. I rolled a twelve. I'm not driving though. No, I think this is going to have to come from <laughs> D another five 
I do have three adversity tokens available if that can do anything to fix this. <laughs> and I rolled a four. So you're Yay. still well ahead Yay. of the game. They are coming up behind you. They are most definitely chasing you. So I'm going to say that you get up to the bend here and I'm going to ask you to make a, another flight roll and I'd like you to minus two because you're coming up to a bend and it's going to be difficult for you to handle. See, we really should have had you drive. You got in the driving seat. Yeah, well, of course you got into the driving seat. Are you surprised? Mm. No, I don't believe it. Do you want me to take a picture? I can take a picture right now. (laughs) I believe you. I trust you. So that would be a 16. Uh, D, D like, pulls the freaking e-brake, does donut around this other car (laughs) while they crash into a light post. It's really sick. <laughs> Some fast and furious <laughs> stuff. So you literally slide around the bend and you continue your journey towards the oh, Elysium. I really hope that um, snot, Snotwag sees that. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll see how they do on that bend. And they make it. Not quite as stylishly as you, but they get past it and they continue to accelerate towards you because fascists drive like crap. Okay, so your your plan is to go to the Elysium, so you will need to turn here, okay? And this will take you into the Elysium. So I'm gonna ask for one final flight roll. Come on, I, re- I really wanna get just like an absurd roll for this, but I- Because the thing is this is, a, this is a super straight, so you've probably been hitting the speed like crazy. Um, and this this turning's coming up, and you don't really kind of think about things like forward mm, planning. No. Nope. <laughs> so you're you're hitting that turning at about probably about sixty five centi miles an hour. Yeah, I really want to hit this hard. That way we can like get like a sweet jump or something in there. <laughs> can I just like yank the handbrake as you turn to make us drift? Uh, I got a uh, ten, and yeah, a ten. You make it around the corner and you head up to the Elysium junkyard. As you're driving towards it, you realise that the gates are shut. I mean, plow straight through. <laughs> Looking in the rear view, uh, are they handling the turn well? Or have they not made it there yet? Good point. So they get past. They, they, they turn. I'm assuming you're slowing down or what, what do you want to do? Uh, past the gate, how much room is there? But we don't want to ruin what might be a key defense for us. Yeah, but, alright, how much distance is there between us and their car? They are probably about 40 yards away from you. It's not very far. If we park, they're going to be on our ass before we even get out. I think accelerate and then swerve away from the gate at the last second so they plow into it. Like a cartoon. That's a pretty good idea. I doubt it will work because they would have more sense than to drive straight into something. But you know, it would be fun. So you want to play chicken, essentially? Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty much. Want to do like just like yeah, like this uh, real sweet U-turn, like just just a full one eighty. Okay, I'm gonna ask for two rolls here. I'm gonna ask for flight to see how your driving is, but I'm also going to ask for grit to see if you can keep up your determinedness and, and not balls out All at right. the last minute. 
Are we ready to rock this? Yeah. Alright, so... The grit is a 17. My flight is wow. a 3. I'm gonna go ahead and Eat. dump my, my three other tokens into it. Okay, that'll do it. So tell me what happens. Uh, pretty much, I just want to get, like... I want to slow down just enough so that they can actually get close to us. And then, like, yeah. As we're getting up to the gate, just full on, just crank that wheel at the last okay. second. So you're just gonna just turn away? Yeah, just just crank it just so that they just fly right past us. Okay, alright, let's just see what they get. Hopefully they'll panic and do something really stupid. You succeed. So I want you to tell me what happens to them. Alright, so I'm not picturing them quite like hitting the gate. What I'm thinking is the second they see us swerve out of the way, like they were they were anticipating us busting the gate for them and like cracking. And so when they see we don't do that, they kind of swerve because they don't want to hit the gate. Okay, so yeah, so your car turns right. Their car turns left. They skid and they jolt forward, um, which forces them into a tree. And you just see the front bonnet just crunches up. It's not kind of hard enough to throw them out the car. Yeah, yeah, they're they're definitely going to be rattled for a few minutes. All right. uh, Yeah, uh, D, D, before D hops out, D's just like, uh, hand me your knife real quick. I hand the knife. All right, as as we're getting out. Uh, Dee's, Dee's going to lead Sally around the back to where they originally hopped over in their first run from the fascists. But like as as they're as they're exiting the car, just go and take the knife and just like slash the front tire, <laughs> just just to be a little shit. <laughs> okay, so you clamber out the car and you start to make your way around the back of the Elysium. Can you both make grit rolls for me? Seven. Four. Okay, Sally taking adversity token. D, you realise that the people in the other car have climbed out and are heading in your direction. Are they heading in our direction or towards the car? Well, they're heading towards the car. Okay, yeah, like, uh, D's just gonna, like, grab Sally and, like, kind of try to pull her down into the brush so that we can try to sneak around. We're not good at sneaking. <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about? We got a D20, I got a D12. We can totally sneak. Are you waiting for them to search and find that you're not there? Uh, uh, that seems like a bad idea. Yeah, I think we should just keep pressing. At worst case scenario, we have to sprint. Let's let's do some grit rolls first. Oh, that's a critical whoopsie. That's 15. I don't have any adversity tokens to save you. I have one. I can make it into a two. (laughs) Do you dive into the brush and start making your way through? Sally, you go to do the same and you trip and fall over and you hear one of the community guard members call out and gesture in your direction. Okay, I'm running. Okay, roll flight. That's a six. Okay, are you running in the direction that D has gone? I'm running... Um, in the direction that D was taking us around the fence. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm 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 just going to run around the fence. Okay, 
All right, so you're following the fence. D, what are you doing at this point? See, you know what? Uh, I'm better at running than I am at fighting. But at the same time, since they don't see D, I think he's just going to kind of, like, stop. And as this guy's sprinting forward, just going to, like, do another hammer fist right into his cut. Let's just ice these guys. There's two of them. I beat the crap out of, like, freaking three of them, so... All right, then. So Sally darts off, and one of them is clearly up in front, whilst the other one is not holding back, but it's just being more mindful of, of what's in the area. The one who is up in front is coming up towards you. Uh, just, just like, right, right as he's about to pass, just jumping out, like... Right into the gut. Okay, make a brawn roll for me. A brawn, but that's worse than my fight. Oh, no, it is fight. Sorry, okay. my bad. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a six. Do I get my bonus for the chain? You do get, you get plus three. So that'd be nine. So, okay. So, yep, you step out and it's kind of, it's, it's, it's almost comical. It's, it's almost like your hands come out and he literally just runs straight into them and just like, not quite flips, but gets knocked onto the floor prone and he's totally winded. All right. And with that, uh, D takes off running after Sally. Um, Hopefully there's enough distance that we can, like, lose that other dude in the brush before we have to jump over the fence. It's going to take a moment for him to realise what's happened, so I think that will give you enough time to get away. So you manage to catch up with Sally, who's just running aimlessly along the fence. Then, yeah, you just takes her to the place that uh, they had climbed over previously. All right, let's go up up over the fence. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, okay. All right, so, yep, you head on over the fence. Um, did you go through it or did you go over well, it? I went over it originally. I had to leave my okay. bike over there. All right, I'm going to be kind this time, but I'm going to let you climb this fence because you're used to it and you can help Sally yeah, up as well. It was a chain-link well. fence. You said it wasn't particularly difficult last time. But you climb over and you get yourselves into the Elysium. Where do you want to go? Uh, to the last post. Yeah, uh, are any of the motorcycles from the Disciples here? Uh, yes. They could probably help me with the chain situation. <laughs> That's true. They might have bolt cutters of some kind. Yeah, uh, so, uh, yeah, do you just go uh, run up there and start banging on the door? You bang on the door, and it doesn't take very long for Weege to come to the door, and he stares at the pair of you. Sally, you're looking in a state of disarray. D, you've got a bloody face, a set of chains wrapped around your fists. Chains that are also covered in blood, because I smashed faces with them. He, for a nanosecond, looks absolutely shocked, but manages to compose himself and says, All right, D, good night, was it? Uh, yeah, you could say that. Uh, I'm thinking you want to come in then. Yes, if please. you don't mind, I uh, just got into a car chase. It was really cool and everything. I'll tell you all about it. Awesome. And he invites you in. As you step in, you find uh, Cassie Pinion, Michael Fowl, and Snotrag. They're all there with Erin. Ah. No way, gang's all here. Yes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> After the events that have taken place, Sally is going to find a corner and have, like, an almighty panic attack. Okay. Erin, who has seen you in a bit of a new light, 
this evening comes over and and comforts you and nettles also pads over and just nuzzles up against you and does his little voodoo and you feel a little a little bit calmer i'm I'm still semi-hysterical and crying though cassie is just perched on the top of her desk that she normally sits at and um she says well ain't this the pretty little picture look at you lot what have you been up to oh i got kidnapped and then we had to just fight our way through just everyone I take it you mean the community guard? Yeah. What a bunch of... P- They've been at our heels all night. We managed to get a lot of the posters down. Well, I'm glad that y'all have fun picking up litter and whatnot. Can I get these chains off? Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure someone could do something with those. She gestures at Snotrag, who ambles over and starts fiddling with the bolts that are actually in the clamps. He's surprisingly delicate for such a big man. Yeah, uh, D gives Snotrag the same, like, like little chin-up nod that they always give Snotrag every time they see them. Erin looks up at you, D, and looks over at Cassie, and then looks at Sally, and she says, I think we may have a, um, a possible solution to our problem. I've just been talking with our our biker friends here and um cassie looks at erin and says no 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 it's just not possible we can't do it and erin looks at cassie again and says look at the boy look at sally look at what's going on in their town we're gonna have to do something and this seems like the only solution erin looks back at cassie and says look You do this for me, we restore things back to the way they were, and I'll owe you a favour. And Cassie brightens up, and she stands up, and there's a sudden flash of light, and all of a sudden, a pair of wings come sprouting out of the back of Cassie's back. Wait, what? (laughs) Huge, large, grey, feathery wings. And I'm going to leave it there for tonight. Was she an angel this whole time? She choked Cassie me. Cassie Pinion. <laughs> Michael Fowl. <laughs> the junkyard is called the Elysium. Come on, guys. I gave you all the clues. I don't Yo, know what that means. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's more to this story than, than that they're simply angels. It's slightly more well, complicated Well, yeah, I than would that. think it's a little bit more complicated if there's just random angels dicking around in motorcycle um, games. <laughs> but yeah, we will we will deal with that another night, I think, because we've been we've been there going is for a precedent. I mean, they are called the Hell's Angels after all. Well, they're called the Disciples. I mean, these ones so are called the Disciples, of- but you know, the famous motorcycle gang, Hell's Angels. I mean, there's there's precedent. It's a nice little backstory, actually. Um, and I've been dying to tell you for so long. <laughs> See, I thought Pinion was, like, that's a car thing. I thought it, it was mean, just a junkyard thing. It, it relates to wings. Does it? Yep. Ah. I just thought it I was thought, a name. I it was a car thing. <laughs> There's no such thing as just a name in my games. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, should, I should be understanding that by now. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that cliffhanger, I think it's best that we call it a night. So, 
Just the usual bump. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to, we would love you to stick around and listen for a bit longer because our grand finale is coming up very, very soon. And if you like what you hear, it would be wonderful if you could perhaps give us a little review on iTunes and if you want sign up to our Patreon we we love getting new subscribers and we will get out lots of fabulous new content to you once we find the time and the energy so this is Jimmy Sprinkles you can reach me on Twitter either the main podcast Twitter handle which is at Brits underscore bikes or you can come and say hello to me personally at Jimmy Sprinkles. That's two S's at the end. Eve, where can I reach you? You find me at Copper Harpy. That's copper as in the metal, harpy as in the bird monster. And obviously, if you want to get messages to Internet Ninja Cat, um, you can contact any of us. And also, don't forget, we do have a Discord now and we're starting to get a little bit more active in there. We've we've not been brilliant to begin with but we we are i've posted like three messages yeah and we and we keep getting the most amazing songs being written about us which is cool cat who is is one of our fans just consistently just blows it out the water and we will start using some of those songs in our episodes i think i might (gasps) stick one at the end of one of our next arc episodes anyway i think that's enough rambling from me so from eve it's goodbye and from cat it's see you soon and from me jimmy sprinkles it's keep on biking In other news, reports of a missing child in the town of Hillcrest. There have been varying accounts of what may have happened to 12-year-old boy Jack Fern. One report claims that the boy may have been attacked by an alligator. This story comes from... There's been another Bat Squatch signing in Hillcrest. Telling you folks, something weird is going on in that town. I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Dungeons Deep RPGs presents an actual play podcast of the Kids on Bikes tabletop role-playing game. In the sleepy town of Hillcrest, a string of child disappearances brings together a group of kids into an unlikely friendship and leads them on a perilous investigation into the unknown that none of them will soon forget. You can listen on your favorite podcatcher by searching for Dungeons Deep RPGs. May your dice be blessed, and we'll see you soon.